Press the button, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, sugar bushes? Welcome to another episode of Snacks Packs. And it is quite the special episode because we are ending this fucking three season long season. Uh, seven uh, months. Seven months of right, from really? last summer. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's when we started this? Yes. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know I mean, that. Technically, it was three seasons. I mean, actually, not technically. Yeah, it was it just was, one season. Yeah, but we was, split it up it into three, three, so it so looks it like yeah, we uh, did look different awful. things. Uh, but we don't. We don't. No, it was all the same. And thing. we decided what we're gonna do for our next one, which is ultra fandoms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Super. That's loud. Yeah, that's. <laughs> we should. We should turn it up for the intro. Turn it back. Yeah. There we go. That's that's fine. Uh, um, <laughs> ultra fandom. We're gonna cover cults. Yeah, next we're gonna season. talk about cults and stuff. I'm really interested in cults, like LuLaRoe. I, I, yeah. I have like a long. Interest are you in fucking kidding me right now? Bro, exactly. Are you shitting my dick? Have done. Why are you doing this right now? There you go, you there you go, fat hog. fatty fatty. Why you didn't insist on jumping up here when there's? Did things? you see uh, what happened with the anti-work thread or anti-work subreddit? No. Oh, dude. Did so you get overrun. Listen to this disaster. So the, uh, I guess uh, there had been a, a few attempts for the media to reach out to the mods and yeah. get interviews with them, and they yeah. had agreed to not do it. Okay. And the head mod, the founder of anti-work, yeah. Uh, agreed to do it. They, they're they uh, like, I got this. They went on Fox News. Oh, my God. They went on Fox News. And, you know, I'm going to tell you what they're like, and in no way am I condemning any of their decisions. Yeah. But they were uh, like a 30-year-old, non-binary, autistic dog walker. Okay. Who, and, and that information only matters because the, the autism thing came up because in, they, they did a very bad job interviewing. Like, they would not look oh, at the camera. Yeah. Their answers were really terrible. It's fair. And, and they fed into every Fox News dirty Damn. question oh, so no. easy. Oh, and no. And they didn't clean up the room. They didn't get dressed up for the interview. They just looked like Fuck. a Reddit mod, Fuck, dude. dude. And, and they didn't even, like, espouse the values of anti-work, which is, like, Fixing the horrible dynamics yeah, yeah, of the yeah. work environment. They were like, "Yeah, laziness is a virtue," and I was like, "Dude, you are killing." Yeah, us you right are now. absolutely kicking, shooting us in the foot, and uh, all the work, all uh, the work. It, dude, it was not good. And like the guy, the guy baited him so hard. He's like, "What is it, um, you do?" And they were like, uh, "I'm a dog walker. I work like twenty to twenty five hours a week." And he's like, "Is that um everything you aspire to be, a dog walker?" And he's like, well, I, I want to teach philosophy sometime in high school. And I was like, oh, God, this is like they picked the person. Yeah, yeah. The person. Like, I get, like, I get, I, you know, yeah, I get it. Do whatever you want to do with your fucking life. Do whatever life. you want to do with your but life. But when you're going on Fox you News, you, you oh, have, like, enemy, you are, bro. you are representing all of us. And you like, shouldn't have done it. Yeah. You shouldn't have gone on it. But if you're going to do it, like, I want you to look like Matt Gates. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the only thing yeah. these people will understand. <laughs> yeah. You is have if to you just look. Compl- Presentable, like you, yeah. If we had 
two minutes to talk to Fox News viewers like other people, and they could maybe like get a glimpse. Yeah, you know, and that was such a bad image. And so, their 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 thoughts and their uh, biases were just reinforced oh, the entire dude. time. I mean, they were like, you know, uh, this person again. No offense to anything they've chosen to do. Yeah. with their person and how they look, but they're like the internet stereotype of like a lazy work or anti work person. Yeah, and yeah. and it turns out also they had started the subreddit. To be like, no one should work ever. Oh, really? And that's not really what the subreddit is about anymore. Yeah, no, it's about fixing the fixing the work dynamics. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the so they were just kind of like, no, working is terrible. And I was like, yeah. that's not great. No, no. So no. the interview went up, and everybody. Oh shit! I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> the everybody fucking lit into this mob. Yeah, they were mad as fuck. There were threads left and right on anti work about it, and they started removing them. And they were they weren't even like I'm sorry. They were kind of just like that's so. They, oh, they yeah. weren't very apologetic. And long story short, all this drama comes up. They start really blasting the mob. There's like a huge thread that comes up. And gets like a a bunch of awards immediately. Yeah, they take it down. Make the subreddit private. Really, anti work is private now. They started a new. Someone started a new subreddit. It's called Work Reform. That's supposed to be where the anti works okay. go to now. That's and it's a better name. Fuck. Dude, I was like, That's I was like, you know, this is some beautiful Reddit drama. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been a minute. Just yeah, classic, I just looked no up, like I looked pedophile up, uh, shit or anything. Yeah, you know, just, just like internet, some wholesome drama. The, the worst part of the internet getting to the worst part of society, yeah. and we're like, all right, well, I uh, looked up, you know, I looked up Fox News anti work interview, and the top post is from r slash cringetopia. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, got a lot dude, of Dude, and the interview is pretty hard to watch. It yeah. is not good. Uh, like and, if, and honestly, that guy, like, toned it down. He was, like, he's a shark, and he could have eaten her alive. Yeah, li- yeah, yeah. Yeah, eaten her alive. Yeah. And, they, and he didn't, but he's still a dick. You know, he's still a piece of shit. Doreen Ford. But, you I said like, they're non-binary, or what are they? They pronouns? are non-binary, but they want she, her she, pronouns, her pronouns okay, I guess. Cool, yeah. Cool, yeah, yeah. That's Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh, that's cra- that's crazy though. Dude. I know what a disaster. Yeah. I was like, no, that the anti-work sucks. movement is yeah, crushed. it's dead. It's it. it ap- I don't think the movement is dead, but, but I do think that for subreddit years is. that subreddit is one hundred percent dead. Yeah. But for years to come, that's any time that's brought up, it's gonna be shot in our face. And what's stupid? It's stupid. <laughs> Because they don't matter. Yeah, they yeah. don't rep. They don't actually represent the community. But when you're when you're talking about people who watch Fox News, they need That's someone. All they who, need. They, they yeah. need a a, a leader quote figure of your like. It's like the Antifa thing. They're like, oh, fucking the leader of Antifa. I was like, That's not a real thing. Shut, like, shut up, nerd. I know. Um, really hilarious, beautiful say drama. You like today. Fast, it unfolded over home. the whole day, and That's it was crazy. just delightful. That's insane. I dude. know. That's fucking. I haven't I seen a subreddit. Like that was pro- the last time there was drama that big on Reddit would probably be when insoles or fat people hate got banned. When fat people hate got banned, oh yeah, Reddit yeah, yeah. like crumbled. It was a di- insane disaster. And then I was like, oh wow, like a lot of Reddit is horrible. horrible yeah, people. awful human beings. But actually, getting rid of that subreddit did get rid of a lot of those people. They yeah, a lot of them left. That, so that, it, it did. Yeah. It did its job. Yeah, yeah, seriously, they were horrible. The amount of back when Reddit used to be unregulated, oh, the amount of dude. awful subreddits out there Jail were Bay, insane. Fucking yeah, fat people so hate. Bad. And then the the Donald was really bad for a while. And then when the Donald got shut down, they all went over to fucking r slash conspiracy yes. and turned a subreddit for like fun conspiracies Goofy, into just like yeah. anti-Semitic bullshit, dude. Yeah, um, which 
you know, if they weren't all just about Jews, the conspiracies themselves would be pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you but know, nine, time, nine so. times out of ten, the conspiracies are, are just anti-Semitic bullshit. And, uh, and always George Soros. Yeah, yeah. Name one thing George <laughs> Soros has ever done. You don't even know who that is. <laughs> um, so who are you? what are you covering today? Um, guns. Good old guns. I'm finally covering guns. About time. This is the... What? Oh, your cat's discreet. What, baby? You got a mouse? A fake nice. mouse, not Good a real work. one. You killed that thing. So proud of you. You're, an, you're an expert hunter. Hell expert yeah. Hunter. Yeah, there we go. Excellent Very nice, work. Toothless. Very nice. Uh, Yeah, I'm covering guns because we decided to end the uh, fandoms. We would pick things that we liked or knew a lot about. Yeah, and... I should have I should have saved Juggalos for Yeah, but it is what it is. Uh, There is probably nothing I know more about than guns. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's. That's probably true. Fair. Uh, you know, not to toot my own horn, but a lot of people have said that I know more about guns than anyone they've known know about <laughs> I, can, I can attest to that. Uh, I will say uh, that this is going to be mostly about U.S. gun ownership because yeah. the market, the communities, the accessibility, the guns you can buy, the laws are all super different in different countries. But there are vibrant and active gun communities all over the world, yep. all over Europe. Even the UK, and uh, uh, but this is gonna be about America. Okay, that's where I'm from. Yeah, and where I live. Fair, unfortunately. Uh, so I wasn't even allowed to have a toy gun as a child. Nice. My dad was very serious about guns. He nice. was a police officer, a fucking cop, and uh, yeah. he thought that pointing fake guns at people was not a good thing. And in retrospect, totally right. There's yeah, all those no. stories about cops shooting kids who have guns, which is, first of all, the yeah. dumbest thing I've ever heard yeah. in any situation. Any cop, Let the kid take a yeah, shot, yeah, pussy. Yeah. He's nine. What's he gonna do? Hit you? No. Uh, and he's gonna shoot <laughs> he's gonna that gonna thing and that immediately thing. drop yeah. the gun. Yeah. Uh, so I went shooting by, like, the age 12, which is a little later than people would think, but my, like I said, my dad is super serious. Yeah. Got my first gun at, like, 15. I got a 10-22. Nice. 22 nice. rifle. Classic. Um, and once I got there, I just started buying more and more and more, and I've it's never crazy. Stopped. You weren't allowed to own guns, like toy guns, as a kid. I no. had a very different. I was. I, wasn't. I think I, I sh- remember getting my first toy gun when I was like ten. Yeah, I think I shot my first gun when I was like five or six. He had like a speech about it. About how serious it was. I mean, and he's got. I, a and point. he's like, you can't point at anybody. And I was like, well, I guess I thought that was kind of the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, all right. In retrospect, yeah, I, I think honestly, the way he taught it was the best way to yeah, do it. Yeah, and he did something that I think is important. And it's gonna sound crazy. Is show your kids the guns. Yeah, show them. Yeah. Don't let them be a secret. Like here you go. If they find it and it's a secret and they uh, don't know anything like, about oh, it, fun, it's exciting. Yeah. It's interesting. No. Oh, the only thing they've known is a toy gun. So they're like, oh, this yeah. is just a really cool <laughs> toy yeah. gun. Yeah. Um. Uh, that being said, I was, I knew we had guns and was obsessed with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have owned over the years, so I've probably been shooting for 15 years. I've probably owned three and a half dozen guns. Nice. So like 30 to 40. Yeah. That doesn't mean I own that many now. Yeah. I sell them. I trade them. I've done a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I love guns for a lot of reasons. I think they're mechanically fascinating. I really like a lot of the ties to the culture of design related to each country that makes these guns because I have a lot of guns from all over the world. Yeah. And especially uh, uh, like of the time. I love old guns too. I think it's really neat how guns are designed. Mm-hmm. I literally uh, two days ago just bought a 130-year-old revolver because it was cool. 
And uh, I just I love that shit. And what also, kind of revolver was that? A, I bought an H and R, thirty two Smith and Wesson top break revolver. Nice. Good old, good old uh, top break revolver. Dude, I, it's auto ejecting. I can't wait to fucking oh, just to, like sling all the cartridges <laughs> out. And the the bullets are super small too. Uh, also, I think an important reason that I like guns is because they're badass. They are. They are in sick. movies. They're in games. I like movies. I love games. I, I like the <laughs> things in them. We got it know? all. We got well, it all. It, like, do you understand? And that's one of my favorite things about the gun community. Like, do you understand how cool it is to watch a movie your whole life as a kid? And you're like, God, that gun is cool. And then you, you get, get it. it. You, you yeah. own it. You own the movie gun. Yeah, you that's a great feeling. MP5. Yeah, dude. I literally so when I bought my MP5, I watched fucking Die Hard immediately, <laughs> just holding it the whole time. <laughs> uh, the uh, I also really like that um, uh, guns are a or shooting is a really hard skill. Yeah, I mean, it takes yeah. a lot of it takes a lot of practice, a lot of different muscles, a lot of different skills. And uh, a lot of experience. Yeah. It changes a lot for every type of gun. You know, I, I have a buddy who is a pretty good rifle shot and is in the army. Yeah. Me. And uh, horrible handgun shot. Yeah. I can yeah, smoke them yeah. all yeah. day because I've always been really into handguns. I'm not that amazing uh-huh. at rifles. Um, also, one thing I really like about guns is that they are a really handy device for not dying. True. Because the police aren't your friends. And I just want to make it clear that I'm not a right winger. A lot of people assume that because I have guns. Yeah. And a lot of people assume that I wouldn't have guns if they only know me, like, from my views. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm so about it. Yeah, 100%. The police aren't your friend. No. I've known that my whole life. No, and I've learned not. a lot about police, their historical <clears throat> transgressions, like when they, you know, just murdered the Black Panthers. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, um, the, the, but ignoring all of that, the ultimate thing to me was, well, if someone kicks down my door and wants to hurt me, no, I can't, I can't call the police. Yeah, yeah. They're not there. Yeah. You know, it's like a fire I'm going to die before they get here. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, the, you know, and I have called the police over the years quite a few times, and they've taken up to an hour to show up to my house. So it's never urgent. Yep. Um, And I just think it's important for people to have the ability to protect themselves. Yeah. And I don't think that you should rely on the police because they're dog shit. I agree. They're ultimately dog shit. I really like what watching. What if they just, sometimes the police show up and shoot the wrong person. Yeah, or your dog. Or yeah. your dog. Just really, for the, because they're there. Yeah, I really like watching uh, Jerry Mikulik. Jerry Mikulik? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Jerry watching Michalik him shoot, is dude, God. is fucking, Dude, I saw oh him on God. History Channel as a kid, yeah. and I was like, odd. I he's, was like, this is, the, for those who don't know, he is a world record speed shooter. Yeah, and he's he, and it's insane it's, how it's just like it's not real. The con, it's, like movies make it look easy, and he makes that look slow. It, it, yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's just it, it, I don't know, man. It, even if you don't know anything about shooting, you can kind of like appreciate like, what damn. he does. Yeah, like, it's just expect even with like higher Super caliber rounds, guns, where yeah. like he's just like boom, 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 he boom, can boom. Shoot a full bore Desert Eagle, full mag into a smaller spot, faster than any cop in America could yep. shoot a standard. Firearm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he's not even insane. close. He he's is a guy. Fucking, bananas. I love him. We'll get into the gun tubers. Okay. I do have that. Yeah. Um, my first gun that I was given was my Ruger 10-22. I looked up a picture of Jerry, and there's like a, a him with a nail gun with a bunch of like optics taped to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first gun that I bought was a 1937 Mosin Nagant. That I handpicked from the original crate that it was stored in, nice. dripping with the cosmoline. <laughs> Dude, hell yeah! Uh, it is a Russian 
standard bolt-action rifle that was used in World War II, and I got one made before the war because they were better, because when they were making them during the war, they were slapping those yeah. bitches together. <laughs> like, get them out there. And there's get a out clear there. difference in quality yeah. between 19... Yeah, up to 1941 and after. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was an amazing experience. Uh, it meant a lot to me. Ever since then, I started buying more guns, bought a shotgun right after, bought another shotgun right after, some pistols. It just it never stopped after that. Uh, probably bought like one to three guns every year. Nice. Except for like maybe one year noise, of college. Noise. Um, my favorite gun is probably my MP5. Uh, yeah. Not just because it costs the most money, but because it's the coolest. Yeah, it is the coolest. It's just slapping so, that fucking slide forward, uh, dude. Oh my like god! Just like in the video yeah, games, bro. It's so cool. Um, I wrote these notes last week, so I wrote that my oldest gun is a Colt vest pocket, a little tiny. Yeah. You've seen that from yeah. the twenties, but it's not. Uh, it's uh, my oldest gun now is my revolver. I just bought. It's one hundred thirty years old. Uh, but I did the vest pocket is what started my love for small guns. I really like small guns. Little I guys. I collect a lot. Most of my collection is pistols. I have a decent amount of rifles and a couple shotguns. But it's I, I love pistols and I like them as they get smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. I have literally the Big smallest fan. pistol you can buy in yeah. America. <clears throat> so super brief history of the gun because that didn't matter that much. Chinese invented the gun. Uh, first, they made like a flamethrower. That was the very first use of gunpowder. They yeah. just put it at the end of a, a lance and just like sprayed it in people's faces. Nice, nice. Which is kind of badass yeah. and would honestly knock my dick off. Yeah. <laughs> if I like didn't know about that shit and someone used that, like, oh they're my running God. at you and you're like, what, what is, yeah, what what is, is, what is in your hands right now? And then they right light now. it yeah. and you're like, what the fuck? Like, oh my God. Uh, earliest mentions of what we know as a cannon are the 12th century. The oldest surviving firearm that we have is from 1288. Um, from the Chinese, they spread all over the world to the Middle East and Asia, and then Europe over the next couple of centuries. By the 15th century, a rifle was already part – well, not a rifle, a gun was yeah, already yeah. a part of regular infantry in the Ottoman Empire. Uh, guns go through a bunch of iterations that for a long time are pretty much make it, or pretty much about making it easier to light the powder. Yeah, Because, yeah. you know, we started with a tube that with a hole in it that we were just, like, holding and, like, yeah. putting a match in, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's not, like – Great. And it's like you shoot it, and you're like, well, I'm going to run at you now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to yeah. be too long. Uh, yeah, to, it used yeah. to take really long. Yeah. Um, they started as tubes with fuses, and then we get the match lock. And that's where you have the uh, hammer that you're familiar with, but at the end of it is just a burning wick. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. You know, you, then you have to then you have to have your powder in the pan, and then the wick falls onto it. It takes a little bit to burn it and then light your gun. You can't turn it sideways. Yeah, yeah. It can't be in the water. It can't rain. Can't be damp that day. You, you got to be perfect. Can't conditions be windy. For war. Yeah, <laughs> I love seeing like old school like inventions of guns. Like oh. what they like like the duck foot. Like I was just looking that up. The fucking oh it's yeah, just like I thirty like six barrels. And, and, and it's I like, do love that's like one of my favorite things. And I think World War One is a really interesting time for this. But I love seeing. The best we could do with the tech yeah. and, and our hit and our knowledge at the mm-hmm. time. I love that. Like a lot of people don't know that you know it's like a classic stupid argument. The the um, founding fathers didn't think about guns that would fire more than yeah, once. Yeah, they already had guns yeah. that fired more than once. They had these like cannons that they would have twenty shots loaded up and they just let her rip. Yeah. And those were pretty badass. And then Lewis and Clark used a fucking air rifle on their no expedition. Shit, really. A lot of people don't know that. I bet Lewis and Clark explored each other's bodies. Oh, I yeah. bet. Because uh, um, uh, they, they couldn't find anything in America. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
there's so, a oh I forgot to say there's a uh you ever see the game Hunt Showdown? I think I've talked yeah. to you about it. So yeah. I like that game a lot because all the weapons in that game are like old style like pistols. There's no like fully automatic weapons. Like it's either like uh, lever action or uh, just regular like there's single there's like revolvers. a few semi-automatic weapons, but most are just single action revolvers and lever actions. But there's a little you can carry two weapons like a big gun or a medium gun and a small gun, and then one that doesn't count as a weapon as a little four-shot Derringer pistol that you can Hell keep. Hell yeah. I badass. really want yeah, one dude. of those. That was actually something I was really obsessed with as a kid. And at one point, I got very close to buying um, a Cop 357 Derringer. Oh, it's really? a four-barrel Derringer. Oh, yeah. That's what uh, you use yeah, in the game. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, it was in The Matrix, and I thought it was so fucking cool. Turns out they're pretty rare and actually awful. They're <laughs> awful guns. Uh, my favorite thing about those is you don't know when you close it, which barrel will fire. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I hope it works. <laughs> um, so we had the match lock and then the flint lock, which like struck a flint that hit the flash powder, which yeah. is a little better. And then a percussion cap was when we really started getting things going because those could be chemically stable. They could be wet. You could be on your side even. It could be windy that day. Crazy useful. Um, and then around that time, we started forming our bullets, not just be balls. We started making yeah. them into the shape that we understand, like mini balls is when that started around like the Napoleonic era. And um, the uh, like, and it wasn't until the late 1800s that we got the basic operations of guns as we know it. The old Metal cartridges, because we used to use paper, breech loading, rifled barrels, cartridge. and smokeless Yeah, powder. so is that when we started rifling barrels? Yes. Okay, yeah. it's so funny. I saw this video. We rifled the bullets first. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. I started, I watched this video, and these dudes are playing, I don't remember what game they're playing, but they're playing like an old-time game where they have like regular rifles that like not modern. And he's like, can you imagine if these guys had rifling back then? And he was like, what do you mean? Like if they had rifling in their rifles back then, and he's like, you know why it's called a rifle, right? Yourself? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, uh, Confederates used a, a gun that it was called the Whitworth rifle that used uh, hexagonal bullets, and because it was an easier way to make a uh, rifling, it was easier to manufacture back then. And they would whistle as they flew through the air, and they That's were very crazy. accurate. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking. Oh, that is a weird looking barrel. That's, it's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, so like even as far back as then, we had rifling. The French were the first to deploy a smokeless powder in a standard military firearm. It was in the 1886 Labelle. Okay. Uh, you can still buy one of those. I kind of want one. Really? I'm like, that's, that's, yeah, Labelles actually aren't even that expensive. And you can still buy new manufactured 8mm Labelle ammo, which is nuts. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the switch from black powder to smokeless powder was a big deal. And ever since, and basically. That's by 1886. We had all of the original tools of what we know to use. One now. of these guns in Hunt Showdown. This is a gun you use. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so crazy too. I can imagine fighting with a bolt action rifle, dude. Like no, or, I like, mean, and you know, for a long time, breech loaders. Like in yeah. the, the like, if you're out in the prairies and you're blasting indigenous people out of their homes and children and whatever, you know that you had to load that bullet one at a time. That's crazy. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's fucking insane. And, and that's like the exact time where. Guns were starting to get good enough that you could just kind of keep one of those, but you still had to keep a big old yeah, blade yeah, on it, you yeah, know? Yeah, because uh, if you got overrun, so, I wish more of them got overrun as they were blasting oh, I know. people. I wish they just got fucking murdered. 
Uh, the, Not the indigenous people, just, no. to, just to clarify <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, the gun industry as we know it now is largely focused on things made in the 20th century or later, including the designs. Uh, you can still buy black powder and everything. Fun fact, black powder in the U.S. is not considered a firearm. Yeah, so you can Felons buy black powder. Can own black yeah. powder Because I was looking I up, can't believe um, that we have never seen a six-shot revolver yeah. robbery, dude. I'm really pissed dude, about Dude, I want to see one where the dude's just like, he's ready to go at all times. He's got like just, <laughs> he's got like pre-packed black powder yeah, pockets yeah. where he just shows yeah. it. You can buy the, the Hawa makes these, uh double barrel pistol shotguns in black powder and you can get that shit in the mail dog oh so i wanted to cosplay my red dead character yeah and my red dead character uses the navy revolvers and Very i was looking expensive. up yeah well i mean for a cosplay i mean are yeah, you trying but... to get like black black powder ones yeah oh, i mean okay. not the, if not i the wanted the actual conversions yeah conversions, they'd be yeah. super fucking expensive but a black powder one because it'd just be mainly for show and i guess it'd be fun to shoot a black powder my buddy had one. a navy revolver with a cartridge conversion and it was incredible how much how expensive were like they 1500 bucks oh shit it was yeah. a lot they are it was, so sexy I, I he told me about the design or told me that he was buying it and i was like what a stupid thing to do. And then I held it, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. This is nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is really nice, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the guns now, as we know it, the, the market extends from, like, mil serps, which is military surplus rifles yeah. and whatever, from about World War One and after. You know, um, a majority of the guns that Americans own right now are probably made from 2000 and beyond, but collectors are where you start buying the older stuff. Uh, so a little bit of lingo that I was going to get into. Milserp, like I said, military surplus. Uh, it's its own category. You can get a CNR, which is Curio and Relics. You can get a license where you can buy guns made that have to be 50 years or older or specifically have a historical interest to be imported. Oh, and, okay. you, and if you have this license, you can just get guns mailed to you. Oh, no shit. Yeah, which is tight. Yeah. Uh, old guns. Yeah, 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 Fun fact, the AR-15 is officially a CNR-eligible rifle. Really? The originals, yeah. If you have a 1970s one, you can fucking get that shit. That's wild. Sent to your that. house, yeah. Um, semi-auto is a gun that fires every time you pull the trigger. Full auto means it fires by holding down the trigger. It's a big difference. Yep. Civilians in America do not know the can, difference. No, they don't know the difference at all. Yeah, you can you can go in any store and buy a semi-auto rifle. Yeah, uh, you have to go through a specific process to buy a full auto one, and minimum barrier entry for the cheapest piece of shit one you could buy is about yep. ten thousand. Yeah, you're uh, a lot of uh, uh, when what year was that? Nineteen eighty six. Nineteen eighty six. Yeah, they. So my stepdad was telling me all about it. He was like, "Yeah, they closed the he machine was like, gun yeah, registry." After nineteen eighty six, there were no more machine guns pr- produced in the U S. And now all of them are in the hands of basically private collectors. Yeah, and they're they're expensive. They're honestly they more uh, like a better investment than stocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like machine oh, yeah. guns have gone up incredibly. And, and the just the more time that goes by is the like more. they're going to be more expensive. The market, like the, basically, there's a period of time where you could buy a store a machine gun in the store, no trouble. Yeah. And but then there was a period of time where you could buy a machine gun in a store, but it was on a registration. Yeah. And then there was a period of time where they were like done, no more guns being added to it. And as that was happening, 
everybody was like scrambling to yeah. r- rush these oh, on yeah, the market. Yeah, yeah. There's one dude who bought like a thousand Ruger 1022 receivers in full auto no just shit. to get them all registered. Hell yeah, dude. And he's been selling them for 50 fucking years oh or like 30, God. 40 years still, and they're the, worth a the, fortune. The he still amount has of them. money that yeah. he probably has now. Can Because they're more every time he sells one. Yeah, like yeah. the longer he waits. It's dude, crazy. I, we, we, if we ever stumble upon a time machine, let's go back in time and oh. just buy up buy, machine guns. I'll be buying Yahoo stock yeah. and machine yeah, and then we also need to, or like fucking some Bezos stock as well. But we need yeah. to like dress in the the tie, the clothing of the time. Absolutely. We gotta show up looking like this. We're they'll know. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, semi-auto rifle is very common. You know, I wasn't gonna get into the difference in all the guns because it doesn't really matter to the community that much. Yeah, and uh, it, I it'd just be bogged down. I but did want to get into there's a pistol. Which is a handgun that you hold in your yeah, hand. There's yeah. a rifle that goes against your shoulders. A shotgun that shoots pellets usually. And then there's uh, America. There's a pistol caliber carbine, which is uh, something you can shoulder that uses the same bullets as a pistol. But yeah, it looks my, like a rifle. one of my favorite weapons my stepdad showed me was one that he used to keep like, excuse me, in his truck, which is basically just a collapsible rifle with pistol uh, stock ammo, where he could just put it and then it goes on his shoulder and it just takes. A Glock, a sixteen-round Glock magazine, yeah, sub two thousand. That I sent you a picture. That was the of that. third gun that I bought. Yeah. Uh, I bought that gun so early, but he had it because it threaded was, for suppressors. He probably yeah. had one of the original sub nines, which were made of like I have one that was made of polymer. The OG ones were made of aluminum. Oh, really? Sick. Nice. Yeah. yeah, they're actually worth quite a bit now. Um, he had a nice, sexy suppressor on it and everything. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get I one. Like, Ooh. That's the one I'm gonna get into next. Once How much I'm are there? You, you can get one a decent. So the first one I want to get is for my twenty two. Yeah. That Kel-Tec Wait, you're talking about suppressors? Yeah. Oh, and I was so, talking about the Keltec sub nine. Oh, the sub nine would probably be about a thousand bucks these days. But you could buy a a brand new sub two thousand Gen two uses Glock mags for like four hundred bucks. Oh, like okay. Hell, I didn't know that, dude. And it fits in my backpack. That's insane. It's insane. Um, were you talking about getting a suppressor? Yeah, yeah. I want to get one for my twenty two, so it looks oh, like yeah. an MP seven, and yeah. uh, they're only like three hundred bucks for like there, a good twenty two. Yeah, it's just the the process. You just have to, to go through a process. They did just start e forms, so you can start to process your paperwork. Oh, that's digitally. Tight. Yeah, for a long time to get a suppressor, you had to go through the ta- you had to get a tax stamp, file various things that register to it to mm-hmm. you, and then send your fingerprints to the ATF. Wait up to nine months, yep. and then they would let you have it. How much? Uh, how much is the tax stamp? Two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks. That's and way cheaper. Fun than I fact: it was. the tax stamp came about in 1934 when they, uh, when boozers and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bootleggers. Yeah. Bootleggers were blasting cops all the time. Nice. And nice. they wanted to basically make the guns that were scary true, truly. And, yeah. And there's a huge common trend in, in gun legislation. Yeah. It's not very effective at all, and it's all just based on like what's scary at the time. So they made it so that you can't have shotguns that are too short, rifles that are too short, mm-hmm. or and full autos. Well, not full autos, unless you get a tax stamp. And they made it $200 in 1934 so that the poorest couldn't have it. Yeah, yeah. But the law was written so that they can't change the amount. So oh, now $200 yeah. ain't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but That's I think incredible. it's funny. But I, I do hate laws that target poor people. Yeah, oh, which is most of them. Off. Yeah. Um, one of my love. Like for, bootleggers were like, oh, yeah. I can't saw my shotgun down now. Oh, no, yeah. I'm already making illegal alcohol. Can't do another crime. I love Prohibition era, like, 
history because it's just it's the shit. It's, it's so and the tight. Guns were so uh, cool. One of my favorite pictures is it's not from the Prohibition era, but it's a picture of that shotgun. This picture that's mounted under the hood of yeah, someone's yeah. car. Yeah, my one. favorite is that yeah. Dillinger 1911 that has a little foregrip on it and the, and it's full on. Oh my god, oh, so so, cool. so tight. So important thing you're going to need to understand about the gun community and guns in America is that they are regulated by the fucking ATF. Yeah. Uh, which is, well, now it's like the BATFE, but they're the ATF, which is Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, which I know sounds like basically Walmart, but it's not. They are. It's a bunch of dog shooters who make up rules as they go, and they're hated by gun owners who know and are largely ignored by people who don't know. Yeah, The the ATF um, doesn't have, they don't, like, advise well. The rules are very inconsistent. I'm going to get into that. And people who don't know can accidentally break these laws all the time. And I'll tell you why. But first, f- important things to know about the ATF. Ruby Ridge is an infamous uh, incident where the ATF shot a bunch of people during a siege that started because an informant told them that uh, the victim, well, I don't know if I should call him victim, uh, Randy Weaver had two oh, okay. s- two sawed-off shotguns. Two it, sawed-off shotguns. Oh, no. Yeah. And then the ATF lied and said he was a bank robber so they what? could file charges against him. He no, had no way. He had had no charges against him before. Then they gave a bunch of conflicting info about his court date, and and so he refused to show up because he didn't think it was legit because there was a bunch – like they were giving him back and forth info about when mm-hmm. he should show up. Um, so then they uh, made up even more bullshit about him to justify a full-on raid where they showed up. Immediately shot their dog because that's what the ATF yep. always does. Yep. And as soon as they shot the ATF or shot the dog, they started shooting at the ATF. Yeah. And rightfully um, so. They, the ATF killed two people, and the people shot back and killed one marshal and injured another. Uh, bad KDRs. Hope yeah. for more. They get back to the cabin. At one point, they try to escape into the woods where the FBI, ATF, and the U.S. Marshal Service light them the fuck up. Yep. And a sniper kills a woman through a door because they are just firing willy fucking nilly. And um, that was a huge disaster. That was one of the ATF's famous massacres. The second ATF famous massacre is Waco, which we will probably talk about if we want to get into cults a little bit. The Branch Davidians, yeah. Um, but the but that's about where the YouTube, ATF yeah. killed six people in a raid where they showed up, fired first to kill the dogs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, literally did not – and this is a quote from the ATF. The only reason they stopped shooting in, at the beginning was because they ran out of ammo. They ran out of ammo. And then they lied that there was a drug up on the site, hid tons of evidence in the subsequent investigations. FBI got involved, fucked the siege up. It went on for like 50 days yep. and ended with a fire that killed 25 children and 50 adults that they blame on the Branch Davidians. The Branch Davidians were fucking pants crapping crazy. They were. They. I will, I will be the first and, to tell you they were yeah, out of their fucking not, mind. Yeah. But... The ATF and the FBI were... I'm not pro-Branch Davidians. No, and fuck I'm no. never pro-dog shooters. Yeah, no, so, absolutely not. But I know when shit is wrong in the ATF, we're fucking wrong. So, and you have to understand, the ATF has a long history of making up its rules, and they're purposely misleading and used often class-based measures to restrict access to the poor. So, here's the thing. If you have a rifle, and it, this doesn't... Regardless of the caliber, a rifle is a gun with a 16-inch barrel that has to be fired from the shoulder, and it has to be over 26 inches in length. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you cut the barrel, then you make an SBR. If you go shorter than that, it has to have a stock to be an SBR on a less than 16-inch barrel to be a rifle, or a SBR. If you put a brace on it, which is the thing that kind of looks like a stock, but the ATF approved, then you can put 
what looks kind of like a stock on a gun that has a less than 16 inch barrel and it's not a rifle and that's it's a pistol that's one of the things that always cracks me up when people talk about like oh we need to ban this rifle and i'm like you don't understand they're all semi-automatic you can only buy some automatic i mean you know you're 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 quick shooting you can only really buy some automatic in the united states you can't buy fully automatic I can take a pistol, I can put a brace on it, I can put an extended barrel on it or whatever, and I would still have the same effective yeah. kill, you know, yeah. the so, same, same effective like the, weapon as a rifle. The standard M4 that the, the military uses has a 14-inch barrel. Yeah. If you put a brace on that gun, you don't have a rifle, you have a pistol. Mm-hmm. An AR-15 or an M4, you know, yeah. whatever, yeah. is a pistol now. A pistol means it's an under 16-inch barrel and not shoulderable. And a lot of this stuff comes from... Them trying to make laws about how guns are designed. Yeah. And that doesn't work because inevitably someone's going to come up with a, what about this? Yeah, yeah, And it doesn't work. So a pistol caliber doesn't matter. So you, you could have a rifle that's in twenty two, which is a tiny little caliber, yep. or you can have a pistol that's in fucking 500 Beowulf, yeah. you know, <laughs> engine stoppers, you know. That's, that's the law. But if you put a foregrip... If you put a vertical foregrip that's 90 degrees perpendicular to the barrel, you're no longer holding a pistol. You're holding a firearm if and only if it is over 26 inches long. If it has a foregrip on it and it has an under 26-inch overall length, you're now in any other weapon territory, which the ATF made up for yeah, everything else. <laughs> you guys are going to do some shit. So. I will say AOW tax stamps are $5. God, really? Serbu Super Shorty. Five dollar tax stamp. Go ahead, no look that shit. up. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah, five dollar tax stamp. Can you also? Can you imagine getting shot with a five hundred Beowulf round? No. Oh my god. No. no. Just the comparison to regular, like regular oh. five five six. <laughs> yeah, because it's a whole double stack <laughs> yeah. mag. It just fits just, straight in. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine someone shooting you with something like the size of like thumb. yeah your yeah. thumb, but like like, oh, like a, a mythical yeah. dwarf. Yeah, you know, like, like a, a fat mythical. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Yeah, the whole pistol uh, or braces and rifles thing is this huge drama. And the ATF has approved tons of different designs of these things. And if you look them up, a lot of them do look like stocks. That's confusing. Absolutely, it's confusing. And companies have repeatedly asked the ATF, please tell us what we can do. Are braces okay? What do they need to be designed like? And we'll do that. And the ATF fucking refuses. And there's been several scares in the last couple years where there was going to be legislation coming out. For, well, not no, not legislation, never legislation, because yeah. the ATF can decide all of these laws by yeah. itself. Yeah, uh, interpretations um, where they were going to say braces aren't allowed, and these aren't these aren't rare now. These come on factory yeah, guns from yeah, yeah. major manufacturers. From like every fucking manufacturer has braces on their guns at this point, and. The, like these are mil- now millions and millions of Americans own these things, and overnight could be made felons. Truly, like literally, yeah. if they and and not for and you like these are cost money. You know, these are people buy these yeah. things with fucking money, and like uh, the, as a bump stock ban for the president, they would just have to throw them away. Yeah. They can't sell them. They mm-hmm. don't get the, the government is paying back. They have to just get rid of them. The no legislation like, overnight. The ATF's like, but if we give you guys clear guidelines, how are we going to extort you yeah, money? Literally, <laughs> literally. Yeah. There was even a period of time I didn't want to get super into where the ATF was getting pretty desperate for um, some good PR because of all the massacres. Yeah. So they started setting up straw purchases to just start arresting people. Really? Yes. Oh they, my god. They were like, they were like. Active quotas like go get people in trouble straight up. 
government agencies with our hammers looking for nails. Yeah. And also, what do fucking alcohol, tobacco, and firearms have to do with each yeah, other? Yeah. That is clearly an ancient yeah, bullshit yeah. government organization. It's like, where's the hemp distribution <laughs> agency? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, fun. Uh, one thing I like to explain about shotguns. So shotguns, for a reason I don't know, are allowed to only have 18-inch barrels. They can't go shorter just because they're a little more deadly. The ATF's know? only been around since 72? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's incredible. I thought for sure there was – it was older. Um, oh, my God. Okay. So Sorry. Intended – yeah, 18 inches. Intended to shoot from the shoulder, 26-inch overall length. Um, if it has a rifled barrel, which is very common on shotguns because yeah. they use slugs in them for, yeah. like, hunting um, – by the ATF's definition, and they had to fix this at one point, they, that's a cannon. You have a destructive device, which is a legal yep. designation for explosives or guns over 0.50 inches in diameter. Another, Unless you have what is called a sporting purpose exemption, which is what they had to apply to shotguns because a shotgun isn't a cannon. The laws just say they are because yeah. they're not common sense gun reform. <laughs> um, and uh, the... Yeah, so, yeah, the, that's what I was saying about the shotguns. They're just, like, this weird, ridiculous legislation. Um, the AOW, so the AOWs that I was talking about, the Cerebro sh Super Shorty is an AOW because it's a shotgun with a barrel that's too big because a 12-gauge barrel is .74 inches across. Yeah. Um, it's too big, so that makes it a, not a pistol, or it makes it a cannon, but it can't be shouldered, so it's not a shotgun, it's not a rifle, and it's not a pistol because it's too big. And so they're like, ah, any other weapon. Dude, that's, that, that's a, that's a, uh, the Cerebro Super Shorty is a, like. It's so hard. It is a fucking, that's a life isn't taker. That, dude, that's like a, that that's like. gangster? Like, you have murdered out windows. That's the one you put under your fucking, yeah. yeah you have murdered out windows shoulder. and, like, no one can see inside and someone's walking up to your car to do something to you and you're just, like, pointing <laughs> it at, yeah, just. It's only, it only holds three shells and apparently it's, like, need, like baby. devastating yeah. to shoot full power <laughs> shells in that thing. But I really want one. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't even get into the whole thing where you can't make an SBR from a pistol. You have to make it from a rifle. You're not – if you have a pistol, you can't add a stock to it. You have – yeah, it's its own thing. So well, things where they just keep adding stuff, and they're like, oh, that kind of contradicts this, but the, that's all right. My funniest thing uh, that I like about those designations was there is a shotgun – uh, called the Street Sweeper. Oh, it, I love the it Street Sweeper. It's a cylinder fire shotgun yeah. that holds 12 shells in it, and it's actually a huge piece of shit. And you have to, like, crank up the mag. Oh, really? Yeah, it's I horrible. didn't know that. They're, they're awful. Um, they're very uncomfortable. My favorite. But they, they came out, and they were like, this is, look at our gun we made. It's a Street Sweeper. Yeah. And the ATF was like, like, no. Damn it. <laughs> That's a destructive device. You called it a baby murderer. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. And, and really, that gun fits every definition of a shotgun. Every definition. I I can buy a drum mag for a semi-auto shotgun that's smaller than that thing. That's legal, but this thing is a destructive yeah, device. The street it's the sweeper same as a grenade. Me off in Call of Duty. It's, it's awesome, dude. This picture of a fucking street sweeper with an underbarrel, <laughs> oh, yeah. underbarrel Mac Ten. Yeah, yeah. that's incredible, dude. Uh, of suppressors, which actually don't make your guns movie quiet, no. are subject to NFA regulations as well, tax stamp, all that, despite them being practically required in almost every restrictive gun-owning nation in the world. The UK requires suppressors for shooting in public lands. Really? Yeah. Like, no shit. And the US is hugely Puritan about it, when they are truly just noise-reducing Yeah, devices. if you don't it, know... There, the... You know, there's like a... Uh, one time at the range I go to, there was a sign-up that said... 
please don't shoot from these hours. We're having a funeral, like three miles or four miles away. Oh, I was really? like, man, if we just had suppressors, suppressors yeah. this wouldn't be annoying. Yeah, if you guys don't know, suppressors don't make your gun, like in the movies, or like... like it's they don't still do that. Like, it's very you, you quiet. You need to wear ear pro. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Most I mean, it's quiet, but yeah. like, still, like you know, at, at the least sound you'll ever hear from like a suppressed twenty two using subsonic rounds is like is like the the pin hitting the yeah. primer, which those still are, makes noise. I, yeah, those yeah. are pretty much the quietest. But like the shit that the army uses, like each shot is louder than a car door yeah, slam. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's the, always the comparison. You're not thing. gonna you're not gonna roll into like a house and be like. And the family no one will like, know. what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. <Yeah. laughs> um, I didn't want to get too political, but guns are subject to many of the whims of populist politics. I've got some fun facts for you. The Mulford Act was signed by Ronald Reagan, Good old Reagan. and supported by Republicans to ban the open carry of firearms in California because the Black Panthers started running their own cop-watching program where they would follow cops, as they armed, fucking should, stand on the sh- corners, armed, and keep an eye on the cops to not beat black people yeah. for no fucking reason. And the, they started arming themselves, and then all of the NIMBYs and the even the Republicans yep. and Ronald Reagan, the bastion of freedom, yep. signed that shit because gun <laughs> restriction historically has been for keeping black people yeah. from owning. Oh, hundred percent. Not yeah. even people of color. Like just, just it was for black strictly people. Strictly black you know? people. Yeah. Um, the wanted to address that the gun show exception is not a real thing, and I really hate hearing it. Um, there's no such thing as a gun show loophole. It is legal in America to sell a gun to another person as long as you know uh, that they are of age and don't have any felonies. Yep. Unfortunately, we are not provided any method, personally, as citizens, to determine the validity of yeah. that. So, uh, private transactions are allowed without a um, background check. That being said, you can – that's in-state only. If you want to buy a handgun, you cannot buy a handgun from another person in another state. Yeah. It has to be done like through a background. time we were in uh, – we, we were in a gun show at KC, and I was trying to buy a revolver at the time. And I didn't I, – at the time, I hadn't switched my license over from, I think, Texas to Kansas. And I totally forgot about that, and I pulled out my wallet, and I was like, oh, fuck. I've yeah. got a yeah, I've got a And they take that license. really seriously. They do, yeah. You can buy from other people – Rifles and shotguns in states that border you. Okay. Uh, which, you know, no one tells you any of this. Yeah. I have to do so much research yeah. to know all this. Um, otherwise, if you – like most people who are at a gun show, if you have a booth, you have to pay money to have a yeah, booth. Yeah, yeah. My and stepdad owning a gun store, costs, we did gun shows all the time. It costs quite a bit of money. It costs quite, yeah, it And if, if you're selling guns at a gun show, 98% of the time you're doing it for profit, which makes you legally you need to have an FFL, and no good gun show is going to let people just do that yeah, shit yeah. for the most part. You can liquidate collections. A lot of sometimes you'll see old boomers. Just they're like, I'm getting rid of all my yeah, shit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, then you're not legally selling for profit, even though that's a very – vague law that uh, is unenforceable um the so when people go to a gun show and buy a gun without a background check it's usually from another dude who was there which they could have done at walmart which is where i buy most of my guns (laughs) in the parking lot of a walmart super i bought most of my guns the parking lots of walmarts and mcdonald's yeah hell (laughs) yeah private transactions yeah yeah one guy i bought that vest pocket from yeah he's like bro take that road because i was in uh desoto he's yeah. like take that road south go shoot this out the window it's yeah. sick <laughs> i didn't do that i was like that's kind of ridiculous yeah. man Hilarious. he texted me later he's like did you shoot it and i was I'm, like yeah, yeah bro. it's great it was yeah <laughs> no um so the gun show exception it's something that people are like i want this 
but they don't know what they're asking for. Yeah, yeah. I want the ability to do a background check on another yeah, person I'm selling a gun yeah. to. The U.S. does not provide a method to do that. It costs money. You have to go to an FFL during business hours, and that's restrictive to people who work those hours and don't have a lot of money. I don't think that people should be restricted and have to pay money yeah. to sell something to another person. Yeah, I agree. And, and if someone sells a gun to a felon and that felon commits a crime and they find out that they knew he was a felon, that person gets trouble. Yep. If you buy a gun for someone from the store with a background check that you know is for another person and it's not a gift and they aren't allowed to own a gun that's called a straw purchase, that's also a felony. Yeah. Um, America did an assault weapons ban, which a lot of people don't know that we had, yeah. from 1994 to 2004. Because that had a sunset clause. Clinton passed it. Fuck you, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and um, it didn't have any effect on crime that's widely been reported because – Rifles aren't used in crimes, no, guys. No, absolutely not. There are less than 500 people killed every year by rifles. It's so much more with pistols. Yeah, and yeah. look, I want gun violence to be solved. But gun violence is going to be solved by, you know, paying people and letting them have jobs and health care and education. And, and resources and for them, mental health and, and giving stuff them like things that. to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah and um, we can't really come up with good laws to make our pieces of metal look a certain way so that they're safe. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not real. And the assault weapons ban was largely focused on long guns and shotguns. It, it was absolutely meaningless. Uh, and a perfect example of it is they made uh, muzzle shrouds illegal. And that is simply something that keeps the barrel cooler. Yeah, yeah. That's what? it. They're like, because that's for sustained fire. And I'm like, no one has ever <laughs> shot a gun in a mass shooting so much yeah, that, that the, the barrel, barrel was melting. Yeah, yeah. It's not real. And there's tons of interviews that are really famous in the gun community by politicians who are like, tell me, what is a barrel shroud? And they're like, it's the shoulder thing that goes up. Whoa. Like, no. No. It isn't. Because they don't know. Yeah, yeah. And that's really frustrating. You have to understand, even if you're listening to this, you're not pro-gun, listening to laws being passed that people don't know anything about is really is, fucking I mean, lame. it's the same thing when you listen to them trying to pass laws about, like, the internet and stuff like that, where they don't know what the fuck they're yes. doing. And, like, that, and there was, a, I think the CEO of Google was talking to him, and he's like, can this phone, blah, 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 and the CEO of Google's oh. like, he's like, technically someone, but no, it doesn't work yeah, like that. I he's remember. like, listen, he, I'm telling you right now. When like, I Google this, a bad yeah. result comes up. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The uh, Some of the first laws passed by state legislatures after the end of the Civil War were specifically for preventing freedmen, freed slaves, from owning guns. The May issue system that is used in a lot of uh, uh, counties of California where you ask the sheriff for permission yeah. to conceal carry yeah. came from – those laws passed in the 1800s to prevent black people from having guns because the sheriff would never let yeah. the black people no, own absolutely the guns. Not. That's why they made them ask. And, I, and, like, that shit always rubs me raw. I'm like, stop promoting racist fucking yeah. gun legislation. Uh, there are 1.2 firearms for every man, woman, and child in the United States. God bless America. 340 million guns, which does not account for homemade guns, which is a burgeoning industry. Oh, my God. There's probably... There's probably like 400 million yeah, guns yeah, in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, and also, you can't ask people how many guns they they lie. Yeah, 100% no, they no lie. No one has ever told the truth. <laughs> how many, I didn't even tell you guys how many guns I had. <laughs> you don't do that. Um, gun control is becoming significantly less popular as more people of color and women – 
buy guns. I'm always a little sus of demographic and ownership polls because yeah. gun owners don't like telling strangers no, that they no. have guns. It is uh, largely white, but that's something that is decreasing and diversifying, Good. especially in the LGBTQ community. Fuck yeah, dude. Because it's time we realize the police aren't our fucking friends nope. and the fascists are arming themselves. So yes. get in the fucking thing. Uh, so I'm getting to a good po- we're getting close yeah. i'm not taking too long no, uh-uh. uh the groups this is this is where i this is the gun community okay okay, okay. so we've got fuds and fuds are really not as much of a problem as they used to be in like 2010 internet and gun experience fuds were a real thing and, and it's short it's for calling them elmer fud and it's yeah. for a specific type of old person who for a long time because it's really common they would say the only kind of rifle you need is a hunting rifle. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. kind of shot, you only need one shot, only pussy zone, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. They are people who only use guns for hunting. They ignore the historical and legal context around guns, and they only want them for themselves, and that's all they yeah. give a fuck about. They're not. They, they're often considered like enemies of the gun rights community, and that is kind of true. Uh, the, and like the thing, FUDs are, the, like, well, the worst thing about FUDs isn't that. It's that for a long time, they were such gatekeeping cunts. Dude, <laughs> I, if I was going to the range at 18 with a gun, boomers would be all up in my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, That gun that you're talking about, the Sub 2000, yeah. I had it folded in half in my lane. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, the barrel doesn't touch yeah. the gun. You cannot shoot it when yeah. it's folded in half. Uh, this While I'm shooting a gun, this boomer reaches into my lane and turns my gun around because he thinks I'm pointing the barrel at myself. What the fuck? And I was like, don't put your fucking hands on my things. I went and told the RO, and he was like, don't put your hands on his fucking Motherfuckers. things. <laughs> I was Bitch. Like, and I, dude, like the gall. It, not only is it not a safe thing to do, but it's an old man who's invading my personal space because he thinks he fucking knows better than and me. And I will of, blow you out of the water, Instead old man. of doing the fucking adult thing you're supposed to, you be like, hey, it looks like you're, you're this is misposition. Ask me a question, Ask bro. Him, yeah, talk. Uh, bro, I'll blow your mind with yeah, that thing, yeah. too. It's cool as fuck. You yeah. didn't even know that gun existed. I'm about to knock your dick off. Uh, the uh, Several times, this is a story, I've done this, I don't even know how many times, but at a range, a boomer, will, a FUD, will be with his wife, not paying any attention, yep. giving her horrible advice, and I have to step in so they don't hurt themselves. Yeah, because yeah. there have been times I know it sounds so fud where he's not watching her, and they'll put like a, <coughs> I saw a woman put her her hand over the top of the Ooh, slide, no, and she's no, gonna no, shoot no, like no, that. No, no. I was like, that'll rip off your fingertips. Yes. That would be insane. My first time, uh, one of my first times shooting a pistol, uh, I was using instead of using my middle finger, I had my Instead of using my index finger, I had my middle finger on. The, I was like five, six. Oh, okay. So, um, and my uh, index slide. finger was on the slide, and I shot it, and it came back and fucking clipped my finger. I was like, oh, it was so painful. Yeah, uh, that is. I they are they're not good shooters. They tend to not know a lot about guns. Here's one thing I I will defend them for is they grew up in a time where they didn't have the internet. Yeah, yeah. And and dude. FUD lore, FUD lore is this beautiful thing where about, like, gun myths yeah. th- that just propagates forever, forever about guns that are just so not true. One of my favorites is one of the very first things I ever said to you was the 50 caliber. Oh, yeah, caliber. the 50 caliber, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a classic yeah. FUD lore that yeah. if you miss with a 50 caliber, it'll rip your flesh and off. That, and that fucking FUD lore is still in the army, in the army of all yeah. places, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite bits of FUD lore, if there's ever a problem, walk out on the balcony here, 
walk out, put that double barrel shotgun, fire two blasts outside of the house. That was Joe Biden. Really? Joe Biden really? said that as the vice president of the United States. That was his legal advice about guns. You don't need a semi-auto gun. Shoot your double barrel in the air. Yeah. Then you got to well, reload while they're you coming gotta at you. You got to take your yeah. needle off your phonograph yeah. before, you, <laughs> before you shoot the bootlegger with your yeah, double barrel. Goddamn right. Fucking Biden. That's my, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I understand warnings, I, I suppose. Like, my whole but thought. No, but no, legally, but, but, you can't shoot a yeah, gun Well, in no, no, no. My, my, you know, fuck it. You should never shoot a goddamn gun in no. the air. If you're one of those people that pop shit off at New Year's, whatever, but if you're shooting in the air, you're a piece of shit, and you should change that about yourself. Don't ever fucking fire a gun in the I air. I know. Like Dude, did you see on Reddit on New Year's Day, there was like four different posts of yeah. like, I found this bullet in my fucking yeah, yard. Yeah, Dude, or, or uh, I saw one where this guy's windshield got shot out because he was like, I was walking out of my house and literally just shattered That's my windshield. fucking like, insane. Fucking bullshit, dude. I... I never do that. I'm very safe about my guns. But uh, warning shots, I don't, I'm no warning shots. But like my whole thing is, if like I've got time to get my shotgun, and you're trying to like kick my door in, if I put a shell in, if I rack a shell and you hear it, and you're still intentional coming into my house, we're shooting. We're shooting. We're yeah, shooting. we're shooting it out. Like, like one. So and something a lot of people don't get is the law does. The only thing the law allows is killing people. Yeah. And and the police are kind of like that too. Like they have a little more protection, but. You can't shoot people in the leg legally. Yeah. Because they'll sue your ass. Yeah. The story about that dude who fell through the fucking roof onto the knives, isn't that a true story? And uh, got, uh, uh, Robber. I had a, I had a, uh, uh, one of my buddies had a teacher who was telling me about it. He was like, yeah, my teacher, because we were talking about this, and he was like, yeah, he had a legal dispute where yeah, someone broke into booby it. booby traps. That's an example. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where if you use a booby trap and hurt someone, you, that's illegal, and the robber could sue you for yeah. it. So it, like, go ahead with what you were uh, saying. But no, he was saying, yeah, uh, my teacher had someone break into their house, and her husband shot this guy, and he died on his neighbor's lawn. So they were like, had a legal dispute over if his death was like self-defense justified because he died on someone else's property. Which is crazy. Which is insane, yeah. And you... Um, the law also doesn't protect using non-lethal methods. You yeah. can't use rubber bullets. Nope. The police can. They can shoot those right at your fucking yeah. knees if they want. You can't use tear gas. You can't use... Uh, the only thing you're really allowed to use is mace and pepper spray. Yeah. And if you use that wrong, you're still in trouble. Yep. Uh, also, legally, if you're going to go to the, law, the courts for shooting <laughs> someone... It's easier if they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I will say in self-defense, if you're someone who walks around alone in self-defense, carry fucking pepper spray. Don't carry a taser. Don't carry anything like that. Tasers are stupid. Tasers are dumb. You have to come into contact with them. Even the ones that you shoot, they have to Those stick. They have to. They yeah. have to prong. Both prongs have to go in to make a connection for them to work. Pepper spray, you have like a six foot radius where you can shoot them from like five, four, yeah, five. Spray, you got like yeah. a 50 Oh, yeah. Foot oh, radius. yeah. So you're keeping distance between you and your attacker. And if you pepper spray them, they're not going to be able to see dick. So you're going to be able to run away. Just don't use a taser. They're yeah. Not good. My, my whole thing about self defense is if I'm ever pulling out a gun and this is the way it is legally and the way it should be, it's only because I think I'm going to die. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, I, and I, <clears throat> it's like there's just no moral justification to me. For me dying and not them. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like my biggest fear. Um, so that that's kind of FUDs. Oh, I wanted to I thought I had some FUD lore pulled up. Um, let me see. Uh oh, okay. So a perfect example, because the kind of guns you buy is split by which these categories you're gonna be. Yeah. The FUDs always buy nineteen elevens. 
The, it is the it is the king firearm of the FUD is the 1911. Dude, yeah. They won two world wars. <laughs> yep. They think it's the best handgun ever made. And you have to understand that the United States didn't have a mag-fed good semi-auto pistol until like the 50s. Like so that's all that was around, you know, was 1911s. Like basically the only good semi-auto pistol cops carried revolvers yeah. in the oh, 90s, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. The NYPD replaced its revolvers with Glocks. And so God, a fucking they revolver. just, you know, everyone's like, everyone sees them in the movies. It's what they grew up with. Their grandpa had one. Their dad had one. Yeah. You get a 1911. That That's what they buy. Uh, they also have a lot of really out of date information. Yeah. yeah like yeah. don't, uh, this is also a rap uh, misinformation from the nineties. You don't hear it as much, uh, but you can hear it in old nineties yeah. rap songs. Don't load your mag up too high. You got to give those bullets room to breathe. Yeah. That's, a, big, that's a, t- a biggie line. Uh, but they also think that because for a long time guns were shitty. Yeah, they were awful. They were, just they were not shitty. good. They just it's didn't like work. People talk about like cowboy times, and it's like those guns were like re- unreliable, and they would heat up in your like hand as you're shooting. You them. don't. Yeah. yeah, like people don't get like it's only been in the last truly twenty years, but closer to thirty that uh, guns were completely reliable yeah. and accessibly cheap, yeah. a- and the ammo was. Yeah, for a long time, a cheap round was the equivalent of like three bucks a shot Jesus back in Christ. the 70s, you know? And um, now, you know, you can get a nine mil for 20 yeah. cents or 30 um, cents. Let's around. take a second break real quick so I can use the bathroom. And then, okay. yeah, well, we'll just, just edit it out. Real, yeah, no, absolutely. So give me one second. Um, <clears throat> boomers. Oh, uh, yeah. So the other thing, boomers, the, the kinds of guns they own, yeah. they tend to just be hunting rifles, shotguns, revolvers, mm-hmm. things that they think are, they think like revolvers are the end-all be-all yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah. Like the ultimate reliability the average Glock will shoot until the ends of the days. Yeah, it yeah. will never outshoot a Glock, and they're they're completely reliable now. Plus, fixing a revolver is so hard. Yeah, you need a, a fucking machinist. Yeah, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't do that shit yourself. So that's that's kind of the fuds, and they aren't as present in the gun community now. One because right wingers have become much more militant about owning guns, and they think it's cooler to own AR-15s. Gotta say, I agree with them on that one. Um, but also because FUDs are dying. Yeah. Thank God. They just die, which is, you know, every day more die. It's honestly <laughs> See you awesome. later. LARPers. This is the next category I wanted to cover. So this is going to, this, this hurts me to say, but the gun culture largely is hugely cringy. It's so embarrassingly cringy. They think it's all tatted big guy. Yep. It's really like twink bottom porn yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah. it, like it's all huge ex navy seals if they actually were there's a yeah. lot of liars yeah oh, um, a ton of liars yeah with big fucking muscles and a bunch of shitty tattoos holding guns and so larpers specifically and if you don't larp means live action role play in in a gun context larpers like to dress like Special forces. Yeah, yeah. They get... Nine times out of ten, they've never served in the military. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know what? Fuck the military. If you don't want to serve it, that's fine. Yeah, by all means. No, fuck no. Just don't, like, think it's, like, cool and whatever. Uh, But, like, they want to dress like they were in it. They just don't want to do it, which, Mm -hmm. fair, you know. I get it. No, I get it. My thing about LARPers that I don't like is they take it seriously. They think they're preparing for the Civil War. They think they're preparing for... I don't know, Katrina. Katrina, yeah, like, yeah. lives in the fucking yeah. Doomer world. Um, or they just train because they're like, oh, this is how I shoot because fucking YouTuber said it yeah, and he yeah. was in the military. And they'll buy any shit those guys say. They'll sell any shit those guys say to sell. 
there, like there will be a gun that no one buys because they're like of uh, this like Grantham. Yeah, Grantham yeah. is peak like gun tuber for zoomers. Yeah, yeah. And it, they're we like, watching, oh, it didn't survive his test. We so. were watching some Grantham on uh, YouTube before the stream the other day, only because I wanted to see like him shoot ballistic gel. Torsos. Those were That's cool. About it. Yeah, those. You yeah. know, I like those. He has but... some decent content, but he's super cringe. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's tons of like, like, dude, the advertising in guns is horrible. It's so fear based, and it's also like they're always trying to make it look so badass. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why can't anyone be having fun? Why yeah. can't you make a imagine advertising yeah. a gun like it would be really fun to shoot? Like Caltech makes the most ridiculous guns ever, and every time they have to advertise it like. This it's would be 100%. Good if someone's breaking yeah, into your house. Yeah, it's 100% like, No, it isn't. There, That's the goofiest yeah, shit I've ever seen. There's no, I, I, you know, now that you point that out, I've never seen a gun ad that's like, this is super fun. It's just, just a like, good time. And then it's like, but nine times out of ten, it's like, what if the government comes knocking on your door? Bro, you're going to need the Glock 20 fucking it, 36 I, I round hate magazine. That shit. And LARPers, like, they, they start buying, they get really into gear. They call them yeah. gear queers a yeah. lot. Um, and they spend tons of money on this gear. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, you just spent $600 on a ballistics yeah. helmet? Are yeah. you insane? Yeah, you're out of your fucking A mind. lot of these dudes don't shoot that much. Yeah. It's going to be super the cool it looks when, cool. if shit hits the fan. And a boomer claps you, you with a 45. We got all this cool stuff now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a subsect of... LARPers are sheepdogs. That's kind of an older term. It was bigger when concealed carry started getting cool in the 2000s and 2010s. Yeah. These are the guys who think oh. they're the wool. They're, they're the keeping John an eye Wick. on yeah, all of you yeah, fucking yeah, dumb yeah. sheep. Yeah. They have a gun to keep all of you safe. Yeah. Yeah. No. Stupid. Stupid. And and um, sheepdogs used to open carry a lot more. Open carry's out. Yeah. Nobody yeah, thinks yeah. it's cool anymore. Thank God. FUDs were way more about open carry, too. It's so funny to me when I see people who, like, walk around and, like, I'm going to go stand in this fucking Applebee's with my AR-15. It's like, who are you You're fucking, child. Like, shut up, You're nerd. Like, child. I'll or, make fun of your gun or your face. Yeah, or, or the, uh, the, that video or that picture that was going around of the guy in, like, lying at Subway and he had, like, a gun belt on with two Glocks and then, like, yeah, ten yeah, magazines. Yeah. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, the LARPers... That's a perfect example. They overprepare for everything. They spend so much money on stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, and but you know they also buy night vision goggles. And if I could afford them shit, yeah. I would buy Honestly, night vision. I had goggles. a dude. I had a. My, I, I don't talk any shit yeah, on knives. Yeah. My uh, <laughs> my my doc in the when I was in the military, Doc Soap. He uh, he was one of those dudes who bought a lot of gear. But he was really cool. So he like he was about it. So he had like his own Peck fifteen. He had his own night vision goggles and stuff like that. And I remember, he, dude, dude. The Peck 15 yeah. is LARP shit. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. You don't yeah. need a laser designator yeah. for airstrikes yeah. for yeah. anything. I remember we were doing a, we were doing like a, a, it was like a battalion challenge thing when we were training the National Guard where it was like a 26 mile like ruck march and you had to do it like land nav and shooting and long distance shooting competitions. And I was a saw gunner, but I had like fucked my foot up or something like that. So I was carrying a regular rifle and I had a, um, Doc's rifle with a spec 15 on it but i was like i don't want to lose this i don't want anything yeah. to happen to it so i took it off and we put it in my bag i would not and okay. we found we found doc i was like doc i don't know where your peck 15 went dude it was on here when we started and i thought he was gonna freak out but he was really he was like oh so he, yeah he was like he was like oh it's cool man don't worry about it and i was like are you shitting me i would beat my ass if i but yeah, I, uh, how much are pqs going for right now 1900 dollars. yeah <laughs> that's what I, that's the day i smoked um, my entire squad in long distance oh shooting. nice yeah uh the one subset of LARPers that I do think is cool is cloning, which is recreating a rifle that either, like, specifically how it was carried 
or was in famous pictures because there's a lot of famous pictures that circulate in the gun community, like the SAS doing the yeah. MP5 raids, you yeah. know, the fucking, uh, um, there's this one picture. Oh God, what's his name? He was this Colonel, Colonel Army guy, Special <coughs> Forces. It was like Mike something or other. Um, and yes, yes, this dude. Dude, there's some pics. Oh yeah, he was a, he was a, dude. He put bodies in the ground. He he was like a real special. Yeah, Mike Vining. Let me Mike find this. Vining. There's this badass picture of Mike Vining that I fucking cannot get. A, he used to be Delta Force. Here's Mike Vining looking like a dad. Dude, yeah, escorting a business casual attire. Just fucking. That's the guy to be scared yeah, of. He's, that Why dude, is he so casual? He doesn't need knots. He no, doesn't need he plates. doesn't give a fuck. That dude. dude was light and tactical way before. It's, it's it was those cool. dudes. Oh, uh, Mike Vining. Lillard specifically, okay. he went out of his way to keep being a door kicker. He, really? He was all about it. Dude, that's that's a those, fucking and terrifying so, human being. Like, the LARPers are getting more into cool new tech, the coolest thing, side red dots, holograph, whatever. But there is a sect of it that's developing, especially as we get more retro and older, that's like Global War on Terror was peak gun aesthetic. Yeah. 90s rifles with uh, carry handles are all you fucking need. And I'm turning into those dudes. I'm, yeah. I'm becoming a boomer <laughs> in the gun community Because I just can't stand how seriously all these fucking nerds take this shit. I love, I love seeing people who are obviously with the shits and about that life. Just and how they operate do. in like normal life. Have you seen that video? Of the armored car that gets attacked in like South oh, Africa, the, yeah, and it's course, the the uh, God, I, I forgot what the black dude's name was, and I, honestly, I forgot both of their yeah. names. But the white guy that was driving was like he was part cool of the this special police in South Africa, and it's so crazy because in that guy he was driving with, that was his fourth day on the job, and he did really well he did for fine. his fourth yeah, day. He was panicking a yeah, little, but, but, but scary. Those dudes rolled up and shot their window like four or five times, and that like the white guy is like at this dude's okay, face, at this yeah. dude's fucking face. And he was like, oh, what the fuck? He's like, we just needed to get out of this. Yeah, he He was so Cool as a cucumber, fucking pulled the right maneuvers, ran some of them off the road. That guy was Mike Binding's a dude that's going to be clapping LARPers and fucking boogaloo. Um, And it's it's crazy how crime there works because I watched an interview and he was like, uh, I think the guy's name was, I think Leonard was the partner. Fuck, and I can't remember the the white dude's name because he, he's such a badass. But he was like, yeah, we were trying to call our associates to get backup, but they were using cell phone jammers, um, so we couldn't get which a call out, which is crazy, You're dude. You're like, oh, yeah. really? <laughs> um, another subsector, like, so the Boogaloo Boys. Uh, okay, the Boogaloo Boys got out of hand. It started as a Reddit group. Yeah. It started as uh, Weekend Gunnet is what it was originally because <laughs> – Gun it, our guns is the subreddit. Yeah. It's it's probably the biggest one. It's generally apolitical. Yeah. Most content is on that subreddit specifically. But it takes itself seriously and it also gets a lot of new people who don't know anything. Yeah. So a lot of shitty content. So a lot of the dudes who spend all their time on there made their own subreddit on they called Weekend Gun It, where you could post shit to your memes and garbage mm-hmm. and make fun of people. Just, you know, shit that doesn't really apply to the other subreddit. I'm glad that they fucked off to do yeah. it. Um, Leo Prinslow yeah. was the one behind the wheel, and Lloyd, um, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, I'm sorry, was the passenger's first week on the job. But yeah, go on, sorry. Uh, it, I wanted to give them credit because they were fucking, yeah, they did a great they job. They were gangsters. Yeah. Uh, so the memes start turning towards hilarious memes about basically shooting the ATF when they come to take your guns over some yeah, made yeah, up yeah, rule. Yeah. And it turns into like, like, you know, the icons in the gun community from the movies are like the dude from tremors, Bart, yeah, Bart yeah. from tremors, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And they're like, 
uh, the the a- they start doing memes about like the ATS reaction when they light up my I dog full of Tannerite yeah. and the Roomba with the claymore yeah. comes around the <laughs> yeah. corner. Yeah. So they were just goofy, fuck the government, hilarious, like ridiculous shit. Yeah. And then right supremacists or white supremacists and right wingers who, who hate the government start sharing similar memes or even the same memes. Yeah. And then the, the media doesn't know the difference. So they're like, boogaloo boys are racist. Not really. Yeah. No, it's it's just funny to laugh. If I remember, it's funny to laugh at shooting the government. Yeah, when I went to when it's... I went to the uh, protest in Kansas City, there were Boogaloo boys um, with the Luau oh, shirts. Yeah, on our side. Yeah, that was where we were protesting with us, and I was Hell like, yeah. "Yeah, cool, fuck yeah, yeah dude." Um, and then so like you know, Larpers and Zoomers. I, I can't. I hate the new gun community. Like it's all about the absolute most optimization. And, like, I used to kind of be like that, and as I've gotten older, it's it's definitely a Dunning-Kruger thing. Like, yeah, yeah. When you're at the peak of, like, oh, I know everything, optimization, yeah. everything, I'm like, yeah, but you haven't shot a gun for 10 years. Yeah. I'm like, I, I Me. at this point, yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute I'm since like, I've I'm shot I'm at a the gun. point where I'm like, bro, I got seven rounds in this thing, yeah. and I'm a good shot, you know? <laughs> I was like, I've never been in a situation where I thought yeah. I was going to get in a full-on gun, gun fight. fight. yeah. I, I have a thing where I'm like, if I think I need to reload, get the fuck yeah, out of there. Yeah, you should break contact. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's like, see people like uh, other security guards that I, because I'll go to Quick Trip, and they'll be there, um, like mil-spec dudes, and they've got like three magazines, and I'm like, you're going to... And they can't even do Yeah, anything. I was like, you're going to a parking lot in a apartment call the complex, police. and you're going to call the police, but if... Why are you like you, you? Why are you carrying so much ammo? Like because that's they can't. fucking insane. And I can't. I, I just can't stand them. I, you I, need, I just think this shit is so ridiculous. If you need five magazines to feel secure, you should either practice Shot placement more. Placement is king, yeah. dog. Not you capacity. Should, yeah, you, you should need to uh, be shooting. It's a uh, quality over quantity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you uh, should shoot more and also and also contact. If a if a dude next to me. <clears throat> Who has five mags on him pulls out his Glock. I'm leaving. Yeah, that dude's I'm gonna like, shoot yeah, way everybody, too much. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be bullets everywhere. Yeah. Uh I also there is a sub so there's most of the gun community is right. Like I said, the left is becoming a lot more active and vocal and Thank organized God. on the internet because they're realizing the rules of the game yeah. are changing. Yeah. And and also that guns are fucking cool. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> so that being said, <clears throat> liberal gun owners they, they tend to have their own pages or subreddits or communities. They're the worst. They're the worst. They don't know anything. Yeah. And they're often so like, well, I don't care. Uh, this is what I bought because it's good. <laughs> and people are like, bro, if you spent like 25 bucks more, you wouldn't have a piece of yeah, shit that's just going to yeah. break. And they're like, fuck you. Yeah. It's the worst. I really I, – I stay out of those pages. The only difference is I like Socialist RA, the Socialist Rifle yeah, Association, because yeah, yeah. they're with the shits. They're like – they read the literature. They actually shoot their fucking guns. They have cool guns. They don't have boring fucking Glocks, and they're like, look at my one Glock, guys. I'm like, yeah. cool. Thank you Fun. for posing a picture yeah. of a Glock. Um, and then uh, the there's like the, – the gun communities are different for where they coalesce too. So there's – the main like communities are 4chan – which is the K thread, and mm-hmm. that's where Grantham goes. He's big on K. Uh, Reddit is more like Brandon Herrera in that community. Um, and then um, ARFCOM, AR15.com, is a lot of boomers. It's it's one of the oldest gun forums and one of the biggest. <clears throat> really? And truly one of the largest depositories of gun information in the internet. Really? Like, uh, 80% of the time you Google a weird gun problem, someone posted it on ARFCOM. That's right. 
Uh, so it's cool. I don't hang out on Arfcom ever. I, I hate old forum yeah. designs. I think they're shit. Mm-hmm. I like 4chan because they're different and the threads are more interesting. But they also they have their own meta about yeah. guns versus like Reddit. So like you know, flip to side magnifiers are bigger on Reddit. Oh really? But on 4chan they do vertical. Oh okay, flip that's to crazy. vertical because they have nods more. Yeah, and because it looks cooler. <laughs> and there's it's just stupid bullshit. <laughs> um, and then there's like the firearm blog, truth about guns. And uh, YouTube are like the gun places, basically. I will shout out to Forgotten Weapons, single greatest gun source of information on the entire internet. So fucking interesting. He's a historical genius. He never fucking mentions any political bullshit. He knows more about guns than any person alive. I, I love his content. Even my girlfriend likes watching. His I watch. Stuff. Yeah, I've it, I've watched a, a it's pretty awesome. decent amount I've of Forgotten Weapons. Probably a couple hundred of yeah, his videos. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's he's that dude is. He is our MVP of the gun section. Uh, so drama. Do you want me to get in all this? Um, give us the cliff notes because we're already yeah, an hour and sixteen. I'll do. Okay, I'm gonna skip one of them. It, uh, so T Rex Arms is a holster company that also resells overpriced bullshit. Yeah, very big in the concealed carry sheepdog world for guys who like to carry a medium double stack pistol with an optic muzzle device and three mags. And their holsters are called like Beowulf and Ragnarok, dude. Cringe. You see what Big I'm saying? Cringe. cringe as fuck. And it's <clears throat> it's run by this like skinny little fucking dude who likes to LARP, but nice. he never was that in the military. Tactical. Um, they're big into the Second Amendment. I've skipped talking about those guys because I hate the libertarian Second yeah, Amendment yeah, guys. Yeah. I'm like, there's tons of good reasons to be pro gun. And because the paper says so is the weakest, lamest one. Please shut up. Um, so they're like kind of religious about the Second Amendment. They also uh, they are they're like basically the equivalent of high school graduates talking constitutional law. It's the cringiest discussion. Incredible. I hate listening to it. Um, the CEO is Lucas Botkin. Like I said, he got in some hot water for posting some really homophobic comments straight up oh, on really? his Instagram. He put a picture of his face reacting, and he said, my face when I hear a fag talking. Talk like a man, dude. Don't be a spineless, effeminate thing. That was, I was like, are you serious? He posted that like just what a few years ago out Holy and about, shit. dude. Just saying no the Epsler like right no off the rip. No shame at all. Uh, he, in an interview, he says, well, I'm a Christian, 23 years old. I was homeschooled, educated by awesome parents, didn't go to college, and I have no military or law enforcement background. Oh, so you're I, I was like, a fucking this, loser. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah like, what? Why does anybody care you what said this that proudly? kid yeah. had to say? That's I mean, crazy. I paraphrased it, but like, so he, that's all uh, So true. he straight up just like dropped the F-slur on oh, Instagram. Like, yeah. yeah, what a piece of shit. Uh, so the whole uh, homeschooled... Dude, I'm always sus of homeschooled yeah. Oh, kids. Yeah, same. Uh, the whole homeschool thing... Turns out his dad is Jeffrey Botkin, head of the Western Conservatory of Arts and Sciences. Do you think that's about arts and science? Yeah. Do you think it is? Tell Doesn't, me. I don't know. I, I I feel like if I say yes, I'm going to be wrong. Let me go ahead and uh, read the sidebar here. Why do historians call the family the basic unit of society? Because families build and then preserve the foundations of civilization. Parents and children work together and learn together and create the very fabric of culture when families know what they're doing, the adventure of family life is stimulating beyond description. Blah, 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 blah. We are extraordinarily about the 21st century because we see so many American families rediscovering solid ground and a vision for freedom. Come with us what? on this journey of faith and promise. Let's build the future together. 
What vibes are you getting? I'm getting very homophobic. Christian yeah, vibes? Christian yeah, Christian Yeah, you're right. It, you're right. So it turns out Lucas's father is the, an influential figure in the Quiverful movement, which is basically a Christian movement that believes it's at war with the world. The only way to win is to produce tons and tons of children, and they are very, very so against fucking without creating a baby. Really? Um, that sounds like a boring line. Uh, they literally call them, uh, like, they call the family unit the family militant because they're in the holy Jesus war. Jesus Christ. Uh, I call them the church of the cream pie. That's very common on the internet. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> the like, church of the cream like, pie. I'm not going to buy shit from that fucking homophobic cream pie fetish. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they call them. Uh, there aren't a lot of adherents, just a few thousand, and the word cult gets thrown around a lot. Um, Josh Duggar came from a Quiverful no family. No shit, really? Yeah. He, he supposedly doesn't practice... Quiverful himself, but he was raised Quiverful, and then he had 19 kids, so it kind of seems like... Wait, right? Isn't Josh Duggar? Doesn't he have all the kids? I think... Those aren't his I, brothers I and thought sisters, he was right? Part, no, I thought he was part of the family that has a ton of kids. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, yeah, came from a Quiverful family. Yeah, his family's the one that has all the kids. He's part of that. Yeah, siblings. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is not the only gun manufacturer run by a cult. Really? Yeah. Uh, Desert Tech is a rifle manufacturer out of Utah, famous for the MDR bullpup, which is a pretty good rifle. Yeah. It's a lot of money, and it costs a lot of weight. They're, they're considered like a high-end manufacturer. Oh, really? They, you know, low low product volume, lots of good shit. Um, they're operated by the Kingston family, which is well-known in the area. If you Google Kingston family, the very first result is a link called Blood Cult by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There's a, currently an A&E series called Escaping Polygamy that is based off of someone who is in this family. Um, they are just so racist. It is a horribly racist church. Bunch of good Christian Mormons Ooh, say the N-word. Yeah. Yeah. They say, like, and like what? kids no say way. it. No yeah. way. <laughs> oh, oh, that's crazy. God. Wow, dude, really? Um, they are obsessed with the purity of their bloodline and empowered by a sense of entitlement on par with the divine right of kings. The Kingstons have made incest the cornerstone of a self-serving theology that loathes non-whites, fosters homophobia, and abhors government authority. Our bloodline has been yeah, pure and clean should. for a thousand years. That's probably why you look like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, they think a holy war is coming. Kingston clan is in command of a billion dollars in businesses and has over 6,000 adherents to their cult. And they claim they are victims of harassment from the progressive policies of the Mormon church. <laughs> <laughs> that's two words Whoa. I never thought. That's a phrase I never thought I'd hear. Um, and that's why I thought we should do a cult season. Yeah, no, that's a... Uh, uh, is that all you have? Uh, no. Uh, okay. So last one really quick. Tim from the Military Arms Channel posted a video saying how much he hated gun broker scalpers. It's a huge problem. Okay, they pick yeah. up all these because the gun community now is getting really into like limited runs and weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like a group buys of imports and stuff like that. So next week, a group of 100 Hungarian SVDs, which are very rarely imported, they're super expensive in the U.S. They're dick cheap in Canada how, because how they don't have any, they? like two thousand bucks, fifteen hundred to Christ. two thousand. Yeah, good God. Um. And in Canada, they're like 500 bucks. No shit. Yeah, because they don't have really? the import bans oh, with yeah, China yeah, and yeah, Russia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, a group of 100 of them were announced for import. A group of dudes from the AK Files, which is another forum, uh, had organized to get a list of potential customers so an importer would bring in the rifles. So, like, okay. look, all these dudes would buy them. Please bring them in. There's demand. It's worth it because importing guns is hard. It's yeah. a whole complicated process. 
Um, and the guns did get imported and then showed up on Gunbroker for like three times as much as they were no supposed shit. to cost. Who would have thunk it? And uh, it turns out that all 100 went to a little FFL that was exclusively putting them in gu- uh, Gunbroker. Uh-oh, that guy's friends with Tim's from Military oh. Arms Channel. Uh-oh, Tim owns a little bit of that business, it Who turns out. Thunk it? And he knew the whole thing was happening. And then everybody went on Gunbroker and bid those guns up to like $2 million, and they shut down all of the bids. Oh, no shit. everybody was fucking pissed yeah, about it. Yeah, I would it. be fucking f- uh, furious. And ever since then, people don't talk about his ass on the internet, and his YouTube channel is doing okay, better than yeah, yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, he is not doing as well as he used no to. No shit. And that's the kind of, like, just petty little shit, you know, that I wanted to get into. Yeah, yeah. I really wanted to get into FPS Russia and a couple ridiculous yeah, failed yeah. gun releases. I, I, but thought, I wondered if you were going to talk about it. Honestly, yeah. GunTuber could be its own cha- episode, yeah, Honestly, so. yeah, yeah. It's but I'll, I'll stop itself. it there. And that was Okay. really long. I'm that sorry. Was inc- that was an hour and 30. It's going to be a long episode. Yeah. I told you. Um, okay, let me, let's, uh, I'm going to grab something to drink and then we'll start on uh, my section, which is I guess it's coal not miners. actually this long because this is, we have breaks. Yeah, we took, yeah, we took a little break. So, all right, give me one second. All right. So, I'm going to be talking about, I don't know, it kind of fits in with our season, I guess. Uh, I'm going to be talking about coal miners. Good old coal miners. Come you mean at, the very backbone on which America's yeah. entire economy is formed? Coming out of left field at this one. No one no one saw it coming. But if we're, you're, we're big fans of miners. Yeah. <laughs> big miner fans here, I honestly. I love miners. But if you uh, have been in our been in my TikTok lives at all, you've heard me talk about this to some degree. Yeah, you love pop punk. Yeah, uh, yeah of, course, of course. Of <laughs> course. Pop punk miners go hand in hand. <laughs> um, on the yeah, record, do. we don't. <laughs> we're talking about coal miners, not... <laughs> Not a, a miner. Yeah, like not a, a miner. Like a miner. Yeah. So. Like a miner. Before we talk about the drama, let's talk about coal mining. So coal mining basically dates back for like thousands of years. Um, mining coal has been documented in many early historical economies, such as ancient China, the Roman Empire, so on and so forth. It became super important during the Industrial Revolution of the 19th and 20th century. It was primarily used to power steam engines, heat buildings, and generate that sweet, sweet electricity. In present day, coal mining is still an active part of our economy, but but fortunately it has begun to decline due to the strong contribution that coal plays to global warming. Yeah. Um, fun fact, by 2010... Well, it's actually like more expensive <clears throat> yeah. than a lot of energy. Uh, by 2010, coal was producing over a fourth of the world's energy. It peaked in 2013 and then has been on a decline since then. It's not on um, a decline. I mean, like, it's not going out, though, because well, no, it's, developing it's, nations it's, are yeah, picking up coal, No, it's not like, uh, um, I, it's not like We're not going away, yet, but it's yeah. not as much as it was then. But the um, projects for coal plants in the U.S. are dropping drastically, yeah, which, is, which great. is great. Yeah. So at the time, coal was just a way better fuel source than other alternatives like wood fuels. <clears throat> Sorry. Oil, oil. Yeah. It produced more energy per mass and could often be obtained in areas where wood was not readily available. For a while, coal was used domestically, you know, like to heat house, houses and shit, but now it's pretty much used Dude, in industrial stuff. Can you like, imagine your house being heated by, by fucking coal, coal stove? <clears throat> yeah, oh my yeah. God. You know, the Russians um, have these like really huge uh, coal stoves that, like, you sleep on. Oh, really? Yeah, no they're, shit. like, built with... Yeah, because that's how you'd keep the whole... Because they would be, like, <laughs> lined with bricks, and then the bricks would heat oh, up. Oh, okay, and yeah. And they'd stay warm for the night. And if you had a guest over, the guest sleeps on the yeah. stove. Sleep on the stove, but now you coal... Like to sleep on my stove? Yeah, <laughs> coal is pretty much used in industrial stuff like smelting and alloy production. 
um, which is so funny because like and Bitcoin, money. The, yeah. So they there's a that coal farm. There's that. a uh, video that I always videos I see on TikTok of people who are doing that, like smelting and stuff, and they have a shotgun that they shoot into the kiln to break off so oh, it doesn't yeah, close it that. up, which yeah. is so funny to me. Yeah, they're um, <clears throat> some of them are like <clears throat> big shells. They, they oh yeah, they they're make huge. Some that are four gauge. Yeah, yeah. it's in- incredible. So we're talking about guns again. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's oh, all shit. come full circle. <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk about guns. We, we are. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so large scale coal mining developed during the Industrial Revolution and from the 18th century to the 1950s, coal provided the main source of primary energy for industry and transportation in industrial areas. But since 1890, coal mining has been quite a political and social issue. Coal miners, labor, and trade unions became powerful in many countries in the 20th century, and surprisingly often, the miners were leaders of the left and socialist movements. So it wasn't always like that, though. The coal union was not a pow- was not as powerful once upon a time, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So a good segue into our drama portion uh, it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about. I'm going to be talking about the motherfucking coal wars. Um, so coal mining was a big deal back in the day, like I said. Tons of people worked in the mines, American citizens, European immigrants, white people, people of color. The mining industry was fucking booming, uh, you know, and especially in the Appalachian areas. Uh, so by like 1870, 1880, coal companies uh, had established what are called, quote, company, the company town system. So this, which is kind of one of the reasons these problems got so bad and, and, and blew up like they did was these company towns. So the company town system, what is that? You might be asking, well, I'm going to fucking tell you the company. And you're going to want to take notes. Cause this is what the yeah, Amazon town is going to look like. Uh-huh. Mm. So the company town system is by far one of the most, dis- one of the most disgusting ways that coal miners were exploited for their labor. I do want to add, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. So I don't know why I put that in. That was weird. So basically what <laughs> happens is coal mining companies would come in. Uh, these wealthy coal companies would open a mine in a town in like West Virginia uh, because West Virginia at the time was practically coal country. Uh, it was a big part of Appalachian histories, but it, it history. But anyway, basically a company comes in, they open a mine. After the mine is opened, they would clear out a large part of a woodland area surrounding the mine. And here they would begin essentially building the town. These towns would also follow branch lines of the railroad companies to make it easier to have goods transported into the town. So coal companies would build housing, they'd build schools, they'd build churches, they'd build post office and a payroll office in these towns, as well as like just a a general store, which is like the heart of the town. Uh, To cut costs, the companies often made the miners' housing identical and out of very cheap material, and the living conditions were fucking abysmal. Horrible. Uh, Yeah, so the... You should read, uh, have you ever read The Jungle? Uh Uh-uh. It's about meat packing plants, but same time period. Oh, really? Exactly as terrible. Oh, no shit. Okay. It's a famous book. It's, uh, it it was supposed to be about socialism and why it's cool because of labor rights. Mm -hmm. And, uh, everybody was like, is this what our meat industry is like? That's all everybody took from it. Um, so, uh, where was I? Identical cheap, you know, the living conditions were fucking abysmal. There were some instances of coal companies creating fairly nice housing, having like plumbing and electricity and like, good amenities but those were few and far in between so as well as these company towns being created the coal companies were um paying the, it started paying their workers in something called script uh coal script so it was essentially fucking monopoly Isn't money script 
No what? tea, right? I don't know. I'm just I'm saying sure. things. Script. I don't give a damn. Same thing. It's T- script. Tomato, tomato. <clears throat> no tea. Um, script. Uh, no. So, script. I'm saying it wow, out of spite. Really? Wow, <laughs> wow. So, uh, <clears throat> I will add that Cole script was not exclusive. Like, script was not exclusive to, to Cole. To yeah. Cole, yeah. They, companies logging companies script. used it, stuff like that. Like Script is tangentially related to yeah. philatelists. Yeah. A lot of philatelists have script. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so basically, if you had a, a, a industry that was using company town systems, they had script. And basically, this script Horrible. was yeah, it was oh it's it's so it's bad just unbelievable. So bad. Um, it was Bezos bucks. Yeah, the old Bezos bucks. Um, so uh, fucking yeah, a, dude. fucking ridiculous, dude. So basically, um, since these towns, like I said, they weren't getting paid in real money; they were getting paid in the script. It's fucking uh, monopoly money. That's what it is. Literally, it, it's it's Very it's literally. fucking monopoly money. So since they were in pretty isolated areas, the occupants became dependent on the company town's resources, especially the general store. They didn't have cars to hop in and drive to the nearest town, so the company store was their only source of food, toiletries, tools, and other things. Um, due to this, coal companies would engorge the prices and of the goods as much as they wanted to, and no one could fucking do anything about it. Have you ever read uh, The Breaker Boys? No. I read this book as a kid. It's about, uh, like, a kid whose dad owns the mine, and and he becomes friends with a kid who is a mine right as they're going through all this. It's a cool book. Okay. It stuck with me as a kid, because I remember being like, Wait, what? <laughs> what is this about? Yeah, what's going on? Here? I also recommend for coal related media. <laughs> coal related uh, <laughs> media. <laughs> uh, October Sky, brother. Okay. Have you ever seen that movie? That's a Daddy Gyllenhaal movie. I have seen October Sky. I love that movie. So by 1922, 80% of West Virginia miners lived in company housing. Like, no, yeah, wait, 80%. 19, 1922. Damn. Yeah. That's even later than yeah. I realized. <clears throat> so um, there's tons of miners. So as I said, the. Miners were paid in something called company script, the coal script. Uh, it was the basically the coal company said it was their way of not keeping large cash reserves in the company towns while oh, yeah? also keeping their workers dependent on them. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, it was this town's form of currency, and instead of legal spending tinder, they they had they couldn't spend real money in the stores. I mean, they had to spend script. It would be like if the stores. <sighs> Were monopoly stores, yeah, and you uh, were yeah. given monopoly money. Um, and if you move to another town, you have monopoly. Yeah, money. yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it, yeah. So basically, uh, this coal script cannot be exchanged for legal tender. And if it could, there was always some insane. You good? Exchange rate. Exchange rate. Yeah. yeah uh, did it. you turn it off? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so hold on, I got a cough real quick. <laughs> also related, uh, I've hmm. googled movies about coal. Thomas and the Magic Railroad. That's listed as a cool movie. <laughs> you know, the you know the, you know the historical be. Thomas. The, you know, the we're going to tie this back into train yeah. somehow. That was like one of our earliest. Yeah, that was like episodes. one of our first yeah. episodes. Yeah. So this script was not accepted anywhere except for the company store. So to lay this out for you, these miners were living in company towns. They were staying in company housing. They were using company-owned tools. Uh, they were using. They were. Going to company-owned stores, company-owned yeah, and getting paper. paid in company-exclusive currency. So they were entirely dependent on the coal companies. If you lost your job, you were fucked. You lost your housing, you lost everything, and since you were never paid in real money, you didn't have any savings to live off of or try to start somewhere else new. <clears throat> it's it just was, slavery with extra. Yeah, steps. it was a way for it was coal. It was a way that these miners could never obtain generational wealth. 
um, which is another big reason like Appalachian areas are so are poor. Still it's poor. still very poor oh. because of this. I watched a documentary about <coughs> the Appalachians. Soft white underbelly? No, I think it was called the Appalachians. Oh, uh, no. Uh, I think it was this one. Um, Hillbilly. It was it was by a woman from the Appalachians, and it looks at like the exploitation of the Appalachian era and their history with coal and yeah. everything. Yeah. So soft white underbelly is not really just about Appalachian poverty and stuff like that, but they talk about it a little bit. It's like uh, uh, a good coal. Right uh, the wild whites of West Virginia. They're yeah, same thing, you know. And I can't remember um, Appalachian. Uh, Googling it. I'm looking for this documentary. I Oops, sorry. Um, <clears throat> this documentary I watched a long time ago when I was working night shift. Um, they had an interview in that documentary with the kid who played the banjo in the Deliverance. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They uh, uh that, it was kind of sad because like that kid is like the face of West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's like, I didn't really yeah, want, want that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Oh, the Darlene Chronicles, the Darlene Chronicles is, uh, a documentary. It chronicles the life of a destitute Appalachian family, Darlene. And it's like, it's kind of just like, it's, it's 25 sad. years. It's yeah. It's sad Damn. to watch, man. It's, you know, it goes through their family. And like I said, it, it they follow them for extended amount of time. So <clears throat> you see a lot of shit, but, That's uh, pretty cool. Um, anyways, so obviously this is bullshit, like major bullshit. These people are being exploited for the labor. Uh, the coal companies obviously did not give a fuck about their employees. It was cheap labor and, uh, and that was it. You know, Terry Steele, Steele, a former, uh, West Virginia coal miner says that local wisdom was quote, if you got a mule killed in the mines and you were in charge, you could lose your job over it. If you got a man killed, he could be replaced. Um, which is exactly how it was. Yeah. So these coal companies were making a huge profit off exploiting these miners and there didn't seem to be any end in sight to it. Um, so coal miners were in need of a serious change in working conditions, obviously, and some serious worker rights, but that was easier said than done. Coal companies enlisted the help of paid private detective agencies and public law enforcement states. Well, Pinkertons. Yeah, that too. But the, um, so they paid these private detective agencies and these public law enforcement agents. Like, are you saying Pinkertons from Red Dead? No, I know Pinkertons an actual thing. agency, but Pinkertons are also uh, the antagonist in Red Dead as well, which I thought was no, funny. Yeah, but I know Pinkertons are a real detective agency. And they quote, did they did this. The yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, no. But the most infamous of these agencies were the Baldwin Feltz detectives. They were because when I first started reading this, I was like, "Yeah, Pinkertons were a big part of that," but they weren't as big as the Baldwin Feltz. They just detectives. get to be the name of the worst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, tried to yeah, sue about yeah. that, and we're like, "Fuck are they you, really? you guys yeah. are the worst." So these agencies, under the command of, of coal companies, use fear, harassment, intimidation, yeah. espionage, and even murder to make sure union organizers were kept out of their regions. Um, they basically were experts in union busting, and you know, they would the coal companies would also force. Um, Actually, I think I'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I think what yellow dog doing contracts is horrible. Horrible. But uh, I got to admit, that'd be a crazy job. Dude, honestly. Crazy. Yeah, just being a, a, what, the Baldwin Feltz being yeah. an enforcer? Like, yeah, your job's to, like, be a thug, <clears throat> yeah, you yeah. know? And, like, you got to, like, kind of fight a war. A hundred percent, yeah, dude. crazy. So throughout the early 20th century, coal miners attempted to overthrow. Hard men back then. <laughs> Honestly, dude. It, it, like, not just them, but the coal miners, too, this that are dealing with this shit. This is also while, like, bootleggers are lighting mm-hmm. up the cops. What a crazy it's time. It's a fucking. I love this period but, of time. Yeah, so do I. I it's do one too. of my favorite. 
Um, so it's the last time we really fought the government. Yeah, you know? I love it. <laughs> so coal miners attempted to overthrow this one-sided system with a series of strikes, but they were met with extreme violence from coal companies and their private enforcers. Notably, uh, the Paint Creek Cabin, uh, the Paint Creek and Cabin Creek strike of 1912 where the Cabin Creek and Paint Creek Mines joined forces and went on strike for better working conditions and workers' rights, uh, which is a crazy story in itself, but we got to keep this flowing. They were met with great opposition by the Baldwin Feltz detective agencies, and at the end of the confrontation, there were 50, <clears throat> sorry, 50 violent deaths that were, as well as many more deaths due to starvation and malnutrition among the striking miners. On the bright side, uh, they did reach somewhat favor- uh, a somewhat favorable agreement uh, on their striking conditions. Um, so then there was the Battle of, of Everts that took place in Harlan, Kentucky during the Harlan, uh, Harlan County Wars where coal miners slash union organizers got into violent skirmishes with coal companies and law enforcement in the Battle of Everts. Um, miners had gone on strike for better working conditions, better play, better pay, and more living conditions for families. So this happened in 1931. The main battles we're talking about are before this. Uh, but I will tell you about, so this is a little bit later in the, the whole deal. <clears throat> Sorry. Battle of Athens. Um, yeah. yeah that, I was, no, I yeah. was looking for that. That's a different thing. That was, um, that was when a bunch of, uh, veterans, uh, f- got in a war with the police. Oh, over really? Over their town. Yeah. That was in mm. 1946 though. I was, I was so, wondering if that was related. The Battle of Everts is after the Maidawan Massacre and the Battle of Blair Mountain, which is the two main conflicts we're going to talk about. Because uh, when I was reading these articles and trying to piece them together, for some reason they put the Battle of Evars there in the beginning when it was in 1931, but Made of One Massacre happened in the 1920s as well as Battle of Blair Mountain. But we'll talk about Evar just because I really want to paint a picture how violent these skirmishes yeah, were. Insanely. So the Battle of Evarts took place in May 5th of 1931 when the coal company sent a supply convoy of goods to the scabs working in the mine. If you don't know what scabs are, basically when a company goes on strike, strike breakers, most notably yeah. like uh, Kellogg's went on strike, you know, all the workers went on strike. They tried they to hire scabs, scabs yeah. to come in and do their job. And then they sucked. Yeah, and they sucked they ass. They made terrible yeah. pop-tarts. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there was a convoy, a three-car convoy, trying to send goods to the scabs working in the mine. Like I said, the convoy only consisted of three cars with the sheriff's deputy deputy in each one. Once the convoy hit Everett's railroad, a single shot rang out, each side obviously blaming the other for who shot first, but a battle ensues. The convoy halts, and the sheriff's deputy, Jim Daniels, jumped out and hid behind a rock. Daniels was one of the most hated anti-union deputies in the area. So he pokes his pretty little head out to return fire and promptly gets his fucking dome piece blasted off. Hell yeah. Um, so the battle lasted 15 minutes. Fuck him. Yeah, that feels yeah. so good to oh, get yeah. that oh, oh, my God, dude. Oh, Honestly. Oh, oh I yeah. tell everybody I did this. <laughs> <laughs> so the battle lasted 15 minutes. Around 1,000 rounds were fired. And at the end of it all, the sheriff's deputies were killed and only one minor was killed. Um, at the end of the uh, at the end of all the strikes, nothing really changed. The miners had to go back to work due to starvation and not being able to afford food, and some were jailed for murder. Obviously, these strikes were happening all over. And like I remember, like I said, this battle took place after the Battle of Blair Mountain and the Maidawan Massacre, uh, which is what the main conflicts we're going to be talking about. So just say mm-hmm. that again. So these strikes were happening all over. Families were straight terrified of the Baldwin Fells detectives, though, because they were fucking ruthless. When we say they were thugs, they were the epitome of thugs. Um, they were professional strike breakers. They were union busters. They accomplished their goal with extreme violence, as at one point driving 
a heavily armored train through a tent colony and opening fire on the men and women and children with machine guns, a method they liked so much that they did more than once. Um, this they were actually a big period fuckers. of time uh, at that train warfare was developing, and they were a Which huge part of the Russian so Revolution. So crazy, dude, so crazy. War trains are the coolest. I don't know how we'd be fully video. torqued. Dude. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, uh, you're just up. like what a badass. Yeah. <laughs> it's a land battleship. This yeah. is everything I've wanted. A fucking a war train, dude. Oh my Insane. god! Insane. But they also do go like just on the track. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really go anywhere. So <laughs> just keep the battle near the train tracks. Yeah. So in the early 1920s, the United Mine Workers of America, President John L. Lewis, was looking at Mingo County, West Virginia, for organizing. To him, it was an ideal place, uh, and it was way more attractive to union leaders as their only other options were Logan County, which was under heavy control of mega anti-union sheriff Don Chafin and his deputized army. Mingo had an identical political structure, and some politicians were pro-union. So one big supporter of the union's movement was Cable Testerman, the mayor. Only some politicians. Yes, yeah, some. They're like yeah. I'm actually for blasting. Yeah, the yeah. Workers. Make them do it. Yeah. So uh, Cable Testerman was the mayor of the independent town Matawan. So Testerman had appointed Sid Hatfield as the town's police chief. Sid himself had worked in the coal mines as a teenager, so he was sympathetic to the miners' cause. He was very pro-union. Um, also, funny note. Sid was not related to the infamous Hatfield and McCoy Hatfields, but the organizers, but he often said, uh, sorry, but he often said that he was to use that connection to its advantage. Uh, these men together provided union organizers an opportunity to get themselves a foothold and begin the rapid acceleration of unionizing in the country. So, um, so, as, so striking and unionizing are on the rise and the miners are fed up with the shit that they're being put through and, they're they're fucking they're like we got to change something something has to be done about this. Unfortunately though, they were facing gr- huge fucking odds. Like the everything was stacked up against them. Mm. So like I said, the two big battles I want to talk about are the Maidawan massacre that took place on May 19th, 1920 and the Battle of Blair Mountain which took place in 1921. So I think the Blair Mountain was the one I know. Yeah, about. yeah. That's so the, it's one of the, it's like the main one. Uh, yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there are plenty of it other just battles. Sounds cool. Yeah, That's on the, the Battle of Blair name. Mountain, yeah. yeah. We need a Red Dead Dude, series in this. Wouldn't that be sick? That would be so fucking be tight. That would be so fun. sick. Blasting cops yeah, like that? Goddamn right. What a fun game that would be. So, the Maidawan Massacre. All right. So, a cell of Baldwin Feltz detectives employed by the Stone Mountain Coal Company arrive on the number 29 train in the early a.m. to evict families that had been living in the Stone Mountain Coal Camp just on the outskirts of towns. So they do what they're good at. They're being pieces of shit and evict several families. Uh, they carry out these evictions. Basically, they're forcibly removing people from their houses. Uh, one recount is the detectives forcibly forcibly removed a woman and children from the company housing while her husband was not there. They threw all of their belongings in the road, uh, and at the time, it was raining. Not hard, but it was a light, steady rain. So... Uh, this, bro, it was raining. Yeah. Well, how hard was yeah, it? Yeah, right? <laughs> so it obviously pissed off the other miners and they were like no motherfucking way g this is not happening in our town and they sent where you got to remember your laptop's still connected to the board chief um so um they were like this isn't happening we're gonna do something about this so they send word back to town that this is going on after evicting these families the detectives decided to go have dinner at the urius hotel before heading back to wherever the fuck they came from 
Once they finished having uh, dinner, they head back to the train depot to catch the 5 o'clock train back to Bluefield, West Virginia. As the detectives are headed to said train station, they are intercepted by Mayor Cable Testerman, Madawan Chief of Police, Sid Hatfield, uh, and his deputy, who claim that he had a warrant, uh, he had arrest warrants from the Mingo County Sheriff uh, that called for the detective's arrest, basically. Uh huh. So, Detective Albert Feltz and his brother Lee Feltz, who are partial owners of the Baldwin Feltz Detective Agency, um, you know, I, I guess it, they were really about getting in there, getting their hands dirty in their uh, own company. Yeah. Gotta hand it to yeah. them, uh, yeah. They're with the shit. So, um, basically, Albert Feltz and Lee Feltz then produced their own warrant for Sid Hatfield's arrest, and made a one mayor, Cable Testerman, inspected no, the- No, you're yeah, under yeah, arrest. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so- uh, cable testament inspects the warrants <laughs> that they have for Sid, and it's like basically these are bullshit. Wait, They're you just fraudulent. made this up? Yeah. I'm like, well, don't mm. we all just do that? <laughs> do so, we have official warrants? Yeah, paper? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where I don't even think they're like I, when they say detective agency, it's like, are you guys even real representatives of the law, or is that just a name you're using? I mean, technically, a detective agency doesn't have yeah. to be of the law. Yeah. I just can't believe the law lets you get away lets with so much. Let's do whatever back the fuck then. they want. Yeah. So, Damn. So he basically cable uh, testerman's like these are fucking bullshit arrest warrants. You know whatever. And uh, the detectives, um, as they're having this interaction, what the Baldwin Feltz detective agencies don't know is that as they're talking to Sid Hatfield, this deputy and testerman. They're being surrounded by armed miners. Uh, they hide in windows. They they stand in doorways and the roof of businesses that line Main Street, <clears throat> and they are ready to fucking pop off. So they watched intently as this interaction plays out in front of them on the porch of Chambers Hardware Store. Uh, obviously, stories vary on at who actually fired first. One story being that Sid Hatfield attempted to arrest the Felts, which caused the Felts to shoot Testerman, and more bullets started to fly. Another being that Hatfield gave a signal to the armed miners uh, or fired the first shot I himself. don't believe that one. Well, so Rebecca Bailey, uh, an author of the Maidawan, of Maidawan Before the Massacre, uh, saying that the latter is more of a likely scenario, as oh. the Baldwin Felts detectives would have known they were outnumbered and could not survive this fight. I mean, uh, but who knows so they what the didn't fuck know happened. they were surrounded Well, then? but not so much they knew they are surrounded. They knew that they were in Enemy a town. They, pretty much, yeah, yeah. And that if the fight started, anybody who was watching was going to get involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine a job like that, bro. Mm-hmm. So stressful. So stressful. Yeah. You've seen Wind River, right? I think so. Didn't we talk about I it? I think we Where, did, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. blasts everybody with the 45 yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, imagine every interaction in your job being like the last Just scene like of that, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. So, anyways, the aftermath of this conflict, there were seven dead detectives and three dead citizens of Maidawan. Among the dead happened to be the Feltz brother, uh, the Feltz brothers, and also Mayor Testerman. So the battle was hailed by miners and supporters uh, due to the number of dead Baldwin Felts. They loved it. They were like, fuck yeah. It kind of like, um, it kind of uh, um, showed them that the Baldwin Felts were not invincible. They could be hurt. They could be killed. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, this they battle. Bleed, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this battle, along with the Ludlow massacre that happened in Colorado six years earlier, were kind of like two important turning points of the miners' rights, basically. So, Governor John L. Cornwell ordered the state police to take control of Matawan. 
Hatfield and his man cooperated. They stacked their arms inside the hardware store. The miners had uh, gotten the miners had gotten a morale boost due to the Baldwin Feltz detectives being fucking murdered, and it really improved their efforts to organize. And not only was it just like, oh, we killed some Baldwin Feltz detectives, we killed two of the three founding members of the Baldwin. We killed Baldwin and yeah, Feltz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, so all that's left is detective. So because of this morale boost, the efforts to unionize basically gets boosted. So another strike happens, more violence occurs, rail Wait, cars so you're are saying if we shot the the capitalists and the pigs. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly, allegedly people would be on yeah. our side. So hmm. another strike happens, more violence occurs, rail cars are blown up, strikers are beaten and left to die on the side of the road, just violence all over the place. There's violence in the streets. <clears throat> you couldn't spit somewhere without hitting violence. You know what Hell I'm saying? Hell yeah. Yeah, so... Um, These are the days, bro. Don't be walking around with a yeah. badge, you <clears throat> dumb motherfucker. So violence got so bad that martial law had to be put into place and federal troops had to get involved. There was a trial for the miners who killed the seven agents, which started January 26, 1921. But there were weirdly no witnesses. <laughs> so it ended March 19th, 1921, with all men being acquitted. Yeah, no This kidding. prompted... So... um. This prompted the last remaining Feltz brother to send in undercover operatives to collect evidence to convict Sid Hatfield and his goons. This didn't work, though. So Hatfield and 22 other men were dismissed on the charges of the murder of Albert Feltz, um, which prompts Baldwin Feltz, <clears throat> the detective agency and you know the last surviving brother, to kind of take matters into his own hands. On August, tw- August 1st, 1921, while they were in McDowell County, uh, they were char. They were facing charges of dynamiting a coal tipple, and I believe they beat those charges too. As they're as um, Hatfield and his deputy at Chambers are leaving the courthouse, or or I'm trying to remember. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Back up a second. They're going to this trial to okay. face these charges. Yeah, yeah. Um, as they uh, are walking up the stairs, there are Baldwin Feltz detective agencies. Um, Detective agent, sorry, at the top of the stairs, and they just fucking shoot the shit out of him um, oh. on the steps of the courthouse. And like, um, their like wives were with them too, so they're like, she's like scream, like they're screaming and stuff like that. And one of the Baldwin Feltz detectives uh, walks down and shoots Ed in the head to make sure he's dead, and they walk off. How like, do you get away with this? Nothing happened to him. Oh nothing my happened to god! Him. Um, <clears throat> so was a, you know. Maybe we missed our window. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do broad daylight. You can't do that anymore, anymore. No, You get in trouble. So less than a month later, miners begin gathering together in Charleston, more determined than ever to organize the southern coal fields, and uh, they they begin the march to Logan County, which would be become known as the Battle of Blair Mountain. So the Battle of Blair Mountain was the largest labor uprising in the U.S. as well as the largest armed uprising since the Civil War. Um, so there was a lot of shady shit that went on. Like before, you know, Testerman got killed. Um, you know, he, he was trying to like you know keep people in Madewan under control. Uh, the detectives were, and so they that you know, excuse me, Testerman was with the shits. Like uh, Albert Feltz attempted when he went to go evict those uh people he attempted to bribe testerman to let him put machine guns up on the roof of the town so they could have cover for whatever yeah. and testerman was like get fucked nerd um so after the made massacre the union begins gaining strength scab workers uh and yellow dog workers coming in and then um 
there would be there was like a three day battle between miners and non union miners. So if you don't know yellow dog, three days. <clears throat> so yellow dog contracts, um, yellow dog contracts basically were like to work here. You had to sign a contract that said you will never attempt to organize, never attempt to get in a union. This that and the other. That's, that's what a yellow dog contract. So people are outraged about about the assassination of Hatfield and Chambers, obviously. Um, and I didn't go into too much detail earlier, but it was, like I said, oh, I put that in my notes that I didn't go into detail, but I did go into detail while I was talking. <laughs> anyway, like I said, it was brutal. Like, they were walking up the steps, and they got gunned down. Their wives were there, and, like, Ed Chambers rolled down the the entirety of the steps, and his wife was, like, screaming and crying, and a detective just walks up, blasts him twice in the back of the head, and... Well, he Gone. was thorough. Yeah, yeah hand yeah. him that. That's fucking nuts. So miners were pissed because they knew no none of these men were going to be facing charges, and they were going to fucking do something about that. So you can't just keep. I'm like, you, this isn't how you stop the <clears throat> yeah. cycle of violence. Gang yep. is to commit violence. So miners begin pour to pour out of the mountains, armed to the teeth. Miners along Bunch little of Appalachian dude, hunters. I would not want to go up against. An army of fucking Appalachian These guys like, have coal been miners to eat for their Dude, whole yeah, life. You know? crack shots. they know how to shoot. Yeah. But um, so and they hate you. It, they personally. hate you fucking with a fiery passion in their soul. So um, they begin to pour out of the mines. They're along miners along Little Coal River were among the force were the first to organize and begin actions such as patrolling and guarding this area that they were in. So Sheriff Don Chafin and Logan County gets word of this and sends Logan County troopers to the Little Coal River area to send those miners back in right the fuck back where More they came targets. from. So that didn't work. No. Um, those fucking troopers show up, are immediately captured, disarmed, and sent right the fuck home. <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're like waiting. They send them off, yeah. and they're like making foods like an hour later. And like, wait, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Where are all your guns? They go? got our guns. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked our asses. Yeah. They came right out of the woods. Beat the shit out of <laughs> us. Um, so, um, and it's so, it's that's so funny to me because it's like you're, Fighting professional you're, insurgents, you're, yeah, bro. you're fighting these people who have lived in this area for generations. No, could navigate these woods in the dark, and and you think you're gonna like you're gonna need a fucking army. Does Afghanistan make a lot more sense uh, to you guys? Yeah, now? right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so on August seventh of nineteen twenty one, the leaders of the UMW District seventeen. How which, many people died at that battle, though? Battle of Blair Mountain. Yeah, uh, I'm getting there. Oh. We're still in the Battle of Blair Mountain. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. It wasn't three days. Like the when I said oh. three days, that was a different skirmish that I was oh, okay. just saying that you know there was a lot of fighting happening. Um, so on August seventh, nineteen seventy one, the leaders of the UMW District seventeen, which encompassed much of the southern West Virginia called the rally at the state capitol in Charleston. They got together a bunch of leaders of the movement who were vets of other coal battles and were well-articulate and well-read, such as Frank Keeney and Fred Mooney. Uh, also, honor- honorable mention, um, uh, as another big leading voice in this whole battle to get better rights and, and better uh, conditions for coal miners was Mother Jones, who was a 80-year-old woman who would often march and do protests for the betterment of these workers' That's lives. Badass. Um, she was She was really influential. She was she was a bad... She's a bad motherfucker. So, <clears throat> um, Keeney and Mooney met with Governor Ephraim Morgan and presented uh, him with a petition of miners' demands. Morgan is like, reads it over, looks at it, and he's like, you know what, gentlemen, go fuck yourselves. Which causes um, 
Um, which causes the miners to become more restless, and they start talking about marching on Mingo to free the confined miners that were there. And I was it, like, guys, fighting <laughs> isn't going to solve this. But it's, it's too it's, late. It's one of those They're things. They're like, hey, give us these things. No. It's one of those, what is yeah. your bargaining yeah. position? Yeah, it's you know? one of those things where they're like, you know, we've, we've apparently tried everything else, what have you. So um, they start talking about marching on Mingo to free the confined miners in martial law and organize the county, but they had some obstacles they would have to overcome to do that, such as getting through Blair Mountain, getting through Logan County, and dealing with that super fucking villain, Sheriff Chafin. Um, so on August 7th, Mary Mother Jones pleaded for the miners not to march into Logan and Mingo counties and set up a union by force. She knew it would not end well for them. She feared that there would be a bloodbath if they attempted to do this. Spoiler alert, she was correct. So nonetheless, they they you know they were like, sorry, I can't listen to you. We got some fighting to do. This yeah. is what we want. Miners armed themselves and began gathering at Lynn's Creek Mountain near Marmot and Kanawha County on August 20th. And after just four days, an estimated around 13,000 had gathered and they began marching towards Logan County. Some miners in further areas were wanting to join the fight. Look at that crowd of men. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Must be smelled crazy up in there, dude. Oh, God. Um, So, miners, uh, where was I? I was putting myself in the march, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're probably used to it, so it's like, they're like, yeah, we don't smell anything. So, some miners in further areas were wanting to join the fight, but they didn't feel like waiting long lengths of time to get to the group. So, miners near St. Albans in Kanawha County commandeered a Chesapeake and Ohio freight train, renamed it the Blue Steel Special, and used it to meet up with a column of marchers in Danville and Boone County where, uh, that were marching up to, quote, Bloody Mingo. Um, so, during this, Keeney and Mooney fled to Ohio. Uh, because they just, you know, they were in too much, had too big of a target on their back, basically. Yeah. So due to this, Bill Blizzard, president of District 17th of the United Mine Workers of America, takes command of the individuals marching on Blair Mountain. But just as the miners are preparing for war, so are their opposition. Yeah. Sheriff Chafin has begun setting up defenses on Blair Mountain with a force of nearly 2,000 men, which he called the Logan Defenders. Uh, and at the it, it, at the fucking time was nerd. nation's largest private oh, armed Logan forces. Defenders. Yeah, fucking dweeb. So he fortifies this in any way he wants because he's being bankrolled by Logan County Cooperations Association. Um, so August 25th, we enter our first skirmishes. Bulk of the mining force was still 15 miles away at the time. So, but these skirmishes still caused a lot of noise because President Warren G. Harding threatened to send in federal troops and army uh, and army Martin B uh, MB one bombers. If they didn't chill the fuck out with word of this, uh, with third word of this, a meeting in Madison. Oh, let me take a drink. Um, so with word of this, a meeting in Madison, which is like the seat of Boone County, like lower, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a decision is made during this meeting and, it seems like some kind of agreement has been made between the miners um, because they were convinced to return home. Um, like the, whatever, I couldn't find it a whole lot of what they talked about in it, but basically the miners were like, oh, okay, so they start marching back home. Uh, but now Sheriff Don Chafin has spent days He's assembling. Like, what? No. Yeah. 
So no. he has spent days assembling this private army. Everybody feels so stupid Get, now. Yeah, I'm getting on the, this cool hat. Yeah, I've got all these Logan defenders. Like, <laughs> what the heck, dude? Um, so he spends days uh, uh, fucking assembling his private army, getting the best equipment he could fucking find uh, to gun down these men who wanted fair wages and safer working conditions, and he was going to get the battle one way well, or another. they wanted Be- money. Yeah. <laughs> real yeah, money. Real, not, not Monopoly money. <laughs> Um, but he wanted, they, you know, they wanted the fair wages and Chafin was like, I just want to kill you guys. Cause I, I spent a lot of time getting prepped. Like I've got my nice war medals on. Like, how are you guys? What do you mean? I'm dressed to the nines for this battle. Yeah. What do you mean? We're we had a dead gentleman. Yeah. Can't fuck yeah. Off. <laughs> um, so, um, basically he's pissed that he's not going to get his battle. And he's like, I'm going to get this fucking fight one way or another, because how dare those motherfuckers ask that we assemble the Logan County coal mines. It's not I was going to say uh, before that I was like, man, a lot of this is just because I think all these dudes wanted to get in a fight. Yeah, honestly, I was like, yeah. this was not rational. At like the all. initial cause is good, but it's kind of just because they wanted to get. I, into I a mean, fight. I think a lot of it is the cops wanted to fight. You know what <clears throat> yeah, I mean? Yeah. Oh no, hundred percent. Go and like massacre someone at court. I'm like, bro, yeah. you're just yeah. it's just war. You so idiot. within hours of the Madison decision, rumors began circulating that Chafin's men had shot Union sympathizers in the town of Sharples just north of Blair Mountain, and that families had been caught in the crossfire during the skirmishes, and this pissed the miners off, so they did a complete 180 and started heading back to Blair Mountain. watching the horde walk away, and then they're, like, yelling for a little bit, and then everybody starts sprinting back. You're like, oh, (laughs) Oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) So they start marching back to Blair Mountain. They commandeer more trains to get their little asses there. Uh, By August 29th, uh, old cockroach Chafin got his battle. Now Chafin's men were heavily outnumbered by a lot, like yeah. a ton. Yeah, but, but the defenders, despite their numbers being smaller, they still had the upper hand. They had better fighting positions uh, since they had yeah, got the high insane. ground. They yeah. had way better weaponry than these miners, like by a long shot. Like these miners were using shotguns, bolt act, hunting rifles, stuff like that. Um, and that is not what Chapin had. He had fucking state-of-the-art weapons. Fucking Lewis guns. Yeah. Yeah. So this battle rages on. Uh, Not only were the miners having to worry about the rain of gunfire coming down on them, but they also had to look out for aerial attacks. Private planes had been hired to drop bombs on the miners as well as other locations in the area. It's just all too cool. Yeah. Everybody just yeah. thinks this is too cool. Yeah. And nobody wants to give up yep. on it. Bleach bombs. The guy with the bombs. And Dude. they're like, go home. Let's f- Are you no, serious? F- no. Are you serious? No, 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 no. I've got like 30 bleach bombs <laughs> in the back of this thing. <laughs> no, I'm not I going didn't home. Set yeah. those up. <laughs> so they're dropping bleach bombs, poisonous gas, shrapnel bombs, and old bombs left over from World War One. Um, they're dropping them on the miners. They're dropping them on several locations <laughs> near the towns of Jeffrey, Sharples, and Blair. Uh, one of the bombs didn't explode. I was gonna say, and no way this. was recovered by the miners and used as evidence for the defense during like treason oh, and nice. murder trials. So, excuse me, August thirtieth. Like, we shouldn't use that mm-hmm. old bomb. God damn it! <laughs> August thirtieth, Morgan appoints Colonel William Eubanks of the West Virginia uh, of the West Virginia National Guard to command the government and volunteer forces confronting the miners. Sporadic firefights continue for about a week. The miners at one point in time nearly breaking through to the town of Logan and getting to their target destination. The non-unionized colonies of the South, Logan and me, uh, oh, I'm sorry, got to their, almost got to their target destinations, which were the non-unionized counties of the South, Logan and Mingo. 
Up to 30 deaths were reported by Chafin's side and around 50 to 100 on the Union Miner side. And hundreds more were wounded and injured. I thought the death toll would be a lot more. Uh, but that's it? Yeah. How yeah. many? Uh, it looks like and- 30 deaths on Chafin's side and 50 to 100 on the Union Miner side. But hundreds more were wounded. So it's yeah. like people were getting shot, but they just weren't getting killed. Man, um, that's yeah, way less. Way less than I expected, I got to say... That makes it even more fun. Yeah, yeah. We were just shooting just, at each other. No one was hardly even pot getting shots, hurt. Dude, yeah. yeah, you shoot, you see a smoke yeah. puff of smoke. You shoot at it. You're like, that was badass. Yeah. <laughs> that was sick. I bet dude. that guy's dead. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so rallies arrive around September second. The miners, uh, many whom were veterans themselves, were unwilling to fire on U.S. troops. Bill Blizzard passed the word onto the miners to start heading home the following day. Miners, fearing jail and confiscation of their guns, found numerous clever ways to hide rifles and handguns in the woods before leaving Logan County. And thanks to them doing that, those rifle and handguns were found much later, along with spent shell casings, and helped archaeologists reconstruct the course of the fighting. Oh, nice! Um, so after the battle, five—I'm uh, sorry—after the battle, 985 miners were indicted for murder, conspiracy to commit murder, accessory to murder, and How treason did they against the state of West Virginia. People out of a 13, I don't know. I, I have no uh, clue. Who could you? Um, I, <laughs> I, I was thinking. No I was clue. like. Man, there was one dude just sketching the whole situation? battle. <laughs> like, he's like, there he is. Right, I was like, how do you do a, a, a case when there's no evidence of anything except 13,000 people saying something else? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you're going to indict 1,000 people? Dude. What the fuck? What do you mean? How um, do you even do that? So, I feel like it'd take 100 years. Fuck yeah. So some were acquitted by sympathetic juries. Others were imprisoned for years. The last jailed minor was paroled in 1925. At Bill Blizzard's oh, trial, bad. yeah, no, they didn't get Holy they didn't shit. get jailed for long. That was like a two, what that happened for a in conspiracy four years, to yeah, murder? yeah. America was a big old I guess, slap on the wrist. Yeah, back I guess then. they knew. I guess maybe they also knew, like, oh, you guys were fighting for a decent cause. Cops so. Shoot at you, yeah, you yeah. shoot at the cops. That's, they're like, yeah, that's two yeah, years. that's circle of life, baby. Circle of life. That's Don't what it do is. that. So at Bill Blizzard's trial, the unexploded bomb was used as evidence of the government. Uh, they brought that and shit company's the building, brutality. They? Of course, they did. <laughs> Um, it, uh, whoa, yeah. whoa. Well, hold on, hold you on. You could have taken a yeah. picture of it. It's going to level this whole fucking building <laughs> if this goes off. So, like, nah, it dropped from a plane. Yeah. It'll never go off. <laughs> it be all right. It's got, a, it's got a pretty strong timer on it. A little, <laughs> little finicky sometimes, but it'll be all right. Um, so at his trial, they used this unexploded bomb to use as evidence of the government and the company's brutality, and he was acquitted. In very short sight of things, the battle was a victory, still a victory for the coal industry, uh, the coal industry and raising awareness for the, um, you know, the conditions these miners were working in and, and just how awful they were being treated. But in the long run, the UMW memberships would plummet from 50,000 to 10,000 over the next several years. It wasn't until 1935, following the Great Depression and the beginning of the New Deal under President Franklin uh, Roosevelt, that the UMW fully organized the Southern West Virginia, or fully fully organized in Southern West Virginia, and they started making actual progress. And that is the fucking Cold Damn. Wars. Yeah. Dude, fucking incredible. I gotta be honest, it's making me pine for a simpler Dude, time. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a story about being abused by companies, yeah. but you also could shoot at the company and get like two years in jail They're like all right Bro, people go to jail for yeah. like stealing food They're like all right silly goose chill out we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna imprison you for a little bit but and yeah. i was like damn dude you're talking about a week of shooting in like 50 people yeah, died yeah. 50 fucking crazy you dude. couldn't hit dick back then fucking crazy 
Man. Um, but yeah, that's one of my I want to go home and play Red That's <laughs> literally what I was just thinking about. I was like, this made me literally what I was just Red thinking Dead. about. You gotta upload um, this to them. I know, yeah. We forgot to tell them at the beginning to rate, review, and subscribe. Oh, There's yeah, no way yeah. anybody's listening No way, now. dude, no Two way. hours. We're gonna be at like 2.05 Yeah, no, they're done, yeah. This is our longest episode ever. It is, 100%. Five about it. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, we did so, it. End of the season, end of seven months. You guys are welcome. Yeah, You're so welcome. much content we covered. Honestly. So, next season's gonna be cults. We'll see you guys then. Um, don't forget to rate, review, tell and subscribe, obviously. Tell us if you know any good cults. Yeah, if you got any know. good we, suggestions. We've got some ideas, but. Yeah, yeah. email us at snackspacksmail at gmail.com. We will or the Instagram. Yeah, or DM us on Instagram, Snacks Packs Podcast. But uh, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for stopping by. I love you so much. Bye-bye.